Are you I, out of your mind? Here's the debate. He You're upset. Him. They're saying we believe you. Is it? No, I, I thought. Uh, Phenomenon. I'll take it. Phenomenon is a good word. It's a compliment. <laughs> okay, that was a compliment towards uh, Adam's uh, uh, podcast. Quick plug in the first five seconds. I not love a bad that. deal. And was let's get right into it. Today's well, podcast. Here, baby. We have. Uh, uh, I've been away. We didn't do any podcast. I didn't do any podcast last week. You did. You had a great time doing podcast last week. Yes, sir. Uh, today's episode number one sixty three with Michael Francis. We got a lot to talk about. Michael's new book that just came out, uh, Mafia Democracy. Uh, which I have a ton of notes on, we'll get into. A new wine you're launching, which we'll talk about as well. And uh, uh, issues, topics that we'll get into. Guys, we know what's going on with gas prices. We know what's going on with the January 6th that they've been going back and forth these last few weeks. The committees, I'll get you know his feedback, his input. What happened with uh, Trump and his daughter commenting back and forth about Bill Barr? I don't know if you saw that with William Barr. Trump yeah. was mad at her, right? He was mad at her for what she said. Uh, first, first transgender cheerleader in the NFL. I don't know if you heard or not. Carolina Panthers have the first official transgender cheerleader. I want to kind of mm. get your thoughts. Like maybe the market is demanding for that. They want to see more of that. <laughs> uh, and then a few other things. You know, a lot of people have been asking about the economy this week with Biden and their campus. Like this is the best economy's ever been. Is it the truth? Are people really that optimistic about it? Venezuela and Iran had a meeting together. They signed a 20-year agreement. If there's two countries you don't want signing a 20-year agreement, Maduro and Iran, it's official. They had that meeting. And a few other things that we'll get into as well. But having said that, Michael, thank you so much for being back. Great it's good to, to be see here. You. Great to be here, Patrick. Yes. Made it. Three cancellations on three different airlines in two days to get here. Not a weather-related problem. What's going on? Well, was it one specific airline or was it different one? United, yeah. JetBlue, and American. So all three all of them. All three had cancellations. So and it was not weather-related. Related. No. What did they tell you? They don't tell you. We don't know. They don't tell you. So what is it, a shortage of, of workers? I mean, they can't get people to, to fly the planes? I mean, you know, three airlines in two days, mm-hmm. cancellations. But, by the way, I don't know if you saw the article that came out about Howard Schultz pleading his employees to come back. Did you see this guy? Yeah. Howard Schultz is pleading his employees to come back, begging them to come back. He said he would get down on his on knees. On his knees to get people okay, to come Howard back. Okay, Howard Schultz. And uh, it's still, uh, it's still a, a bit of a craziness. Anyways, so your book. Let me go through a couple things with the book I looked at. So you, you go through it. You got regulations you talk about in there, taxes you talk about, lobbyists you talk about, Tesla dealership, you talk about how other dealers, other car dealership and lobbyists play the role to hurt Tesla and selling cars directly to the consumer, propaganda with the amount of websites the federal government manages, congressmen in prison, there was a statistic you had in the book that there's more congressmen in jail than former mafia bosses. Let me say that one more time. There's more congressmen in jail than mafia bosses, and then a few other stats that we'll get and into as well. so, by the way. Yeah. So, so tell me what prompted you want to write this book, Mafia Democracy. You know, Patrick, honestly, I got seven kids, six grandchildren, and I'm just, you know, prior to the last, I would say, 12 years, I never was really too much interested in politics, especially when I was on the street. You know, we had a couple of politicians we were dealing with, and we did our thing. But I really started to pay attention, you know, um, in, the, in the Obama years. And I am telling you, when I watch the movement, I watch the system, I see how mob-like that they're acting. Very Machiavellian, very mob-like. I'll give you the, the, the one um, 
uh, phrase from Machiavelli. He says he was advising his prince. You read the book, The Prince, mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. truth. He's advising him how to maintain control of his kingdom. And he tells the prince, you can do anything you need to do. You can lie, you can steal, you can cheat, you can even kill to maintain control. That's the number one thing. But to the outside world, you must always appear to be honest, upright, and have integrity. And that's our politicians today. That's it, in a nutshell. You know, and I say this too. You got a friend, you got a spouse, she lies to you one time, he lies to you one time. Okay, you give him a pass, you work it out. Second time, start to get a little, what's going on here? Third time, you're really annoyed. Fourth, fifth, sixth time, that's it, it's over. These politicians make campaign promises, they get on, on video, the next day they're lying to us, and everybody says, well, that's politics. It's not politics, it's lying. And it's lying to the detriment of the people that elect them in office to help them and to help this country. And I see it happening so much. I see this Machiavellian attitude and ideology coming out that I'm worried about my kids and grandkids. This is not the same country that I grew up in. It really isn't. And it's not the same. You know, at one point in time, Democrats and Republicans, you know, there wasn't they weren't too far apart. You know, not too far apart. Now it's like there's such a divide and this country is going in such a wrong direction that I don't know what it's going to look like in, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years from now. Are you really that concerned? Are you really that deeply concerned? I know you and I have talked about it offline, yes. but to the public, that's not part of our conversation. Are you really that deeply concerned? I really am. I, I really am, Patrick. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I started writing this book five years ago. I was writing it for HarperCollins, my last publisher. I get through four or five chapters And I did research, and I I started to talk about politicians in jail and regulations and all of that. And I went to my wife, who you know well, Cammie, and I said, you know what? What do I need this for? I said, I have no problems with the government now. These people are so vengeful. I've seen it all my life. I said, I don't need to do this. I go to HarperCollins. I gave them back my advance. I said, I don't need to do this now. And I I put it on the side. But the last couple of years, what I'm seeing is just so... It's just so terrible. I said, I got to write this book. I'm 71 years old. What am I going to worry about now? Mm-hmm. And I had to write it. And, and that was it. And you know what? The gratifying thing for me is that all the reviews and the comments that we're getting, people are really getting it. They're saying, Michael, we see it. We knew it. But you nailed it. We get it. We believe it. And they're even adding to what I'm having to say. When you were when you were coming up as a, uh, a mobster and you know you're, you're doing what you're doing with the family you're part of, uh, you're buying politicians. A lot of times I say, well, you, you know, it's easier to buy Democrats as politicians or it's yes. easier to buy Republicans as But your experience, you said you had an easier time buying Democrats as politicians. Why was that easier than buying Republicans? They were easier to corrupt. I mean, it's, it's plain and simple. Now, we didn't say we're going after Democrats. They just happened to be the ones that we were able to get to. You know, we would have got to anybody. It didn't matter. And by the way, the book is bipartisan. It's not Democrats, not Republicans, right down the middle. I name them both. But for some reason, you know, it was just easier to, to work with Democrats. Why do you think, though? Because Phil Vianetti <laughs> said, when Phil and I spoke, and, you know, we had him in the, in, the, in the studio and we were interviewing him, he said the opposite. He says, look, it's not just the Democrats. It was also easier buying Republicans. You know, for him it was, uh, he had as much uh, frustration with Republicans as he did with Democrats. You know, but from your end, why was it that they would come up more from the, why would more Democrats come up wanting to do deals with you Well, you know, there's a couple of them that I know that were Italian to begin with. You know, remember, I grew up in New York. That was our our area there. 
We had 750 made guys, guys that actually took the oath, comprised all five families. A lot of us had neighbors, friends, relatives that were law enforcement, politicians, whatever. So a lot of them were of Italian descent. And a couple that I'm, I'm not going to mention the names now, but they were Italians. So maybe it was just the jurisdiction. And of course, the Democrats were majorly in control in New York. So maybe there were more of them. They were easier. They were on the street. We had access to them better. But it wasn't like we selected a Democrat. It just happened to be that they were Democrats. Yeah, it, it uh, you know, you, you sit there and you think about, like when we were doing Mafia States of America, and, you know, you guys talked about how gambling used to be illegal. Now, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a full-blown business model, billions of dollars being made. We talked about how, you know, hard money lending was illegal. Now you got these, you know, cash places around the corner everywhere. Hey, come bring your check, 32%, 33%, 50%. They, they charge more interest than we did. Yeah. Acro- literally across the street. Yeah. We walk by it every single day. The Amscot. It's inc- the the, and the racketeering there is These insane. merchant lending accounts, whatever they are. I mean, they're Shylocks. That's yeah. all they are. Absolute Shylocks. I mean, they charge more interest than we do. Than we did. <laughs> Excuse me. Than we did. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I want to be clear on Just that. Just to clear the air on that. We did. We did. We did. Yeah. Not the records. But yeah. Michael, can I, can I ask you a question on yeah. uh, regarding your book and regarding the, the sentiment that you basically said the, the left and the right are so far apart politically right now? On the left, the AOCs, the socialists, the, the, you know, on the right, you want to call it so the Marjorie Taylor Greene, but you say America's, you don't even recognize it anymore. My question is the people, though. I don't feel like the people have moved super far left or super far right. I still think the majority of people in America have the same values, want the same things for their family, want to have success, want to have a good life. I don't think the people have moved a certain far left or far right direction. What have you run into as far as just regular people go? Well, I think we're seeing that right now, exactly what we were saying. You know, unfortunately, it's the progressives that we hear from all the time. Mm -hmm. But now that the country is going through this economic strain, Mm -hmm. everybody, I mean, Democrats, Republicans, they're all united in the same needs. Listen, you know, I am a firm believer that, you know, when it comes to uh, voting, people vote first with their pockets. They want to make sure they got food on the table, the rent is paid, and they're comfortable that way. That's number one. You know, and secondly, obviously, safety. People want to be safe. And that's shared by all Americans. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. We only hear from the progressives. And for some reason, maybe because they got the loudest voice, I don't know what it is, but we have a tendency in this country to really play toward the minorities. I don't know why it happens. I don't know know why we don't just shut them down when they get so extreme. But for some reason, we don't. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Well, Pat uses an amazing analogy. You talk about there's certain people you don't want to wake up, right? I mean, would you would you break that down? You said there's a lot of people just kind of going through the motions, working, hustling, doing their thing. Leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. But at some point when you start pushing somebody too much, pushing, they say, you know what? F this. I'm sick of this. Exactly. And a lot of Americans have kind of woken up and said... Yeah. I can't deal with this crap. I mean, anymore. even think about where you're at, you know, in L.A., Rick Caruso, right? Here's mm-hmm. a mayor that's kind of like, hey, you know, here's what we're going to be doing. People are kind of listening to this guy's messaging, saying we kind of like this guy running at a Democrat, as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of conservative, you know, fiscal policies. How do you feel about what he's doing right now in L.A.? Uh, you know, I don't trust any of them. That's that's my problem. Look, I was. Uh, I'll give you another example. The guy in New York, what was what's his name? Eric Adams. Uh, yeah, Eric mayor? Adams. Yeah. I said, okay, you know, he seems like, you know, he's a, he's a law and order type of guy. He's going to straighten things out. Former police captain. Yeah, former police captain. I'm not seeing that. 
he ran on that platform, and now he's in, and, you know, the guy's more, more he wants to dress up fancy and go to all of these, you know, galas that he's going to, but I don't see anything happening in New York. So I reserve decision until I really see what's going on with them. But um, I, I don't know, Patrick. I, I'm, I'm just so leery of all of them at this point in time. You do have to take a risk with somebody, though, right? Yeah, Meaning, like, yeah. you do have to kind of say, well, you know, like, even, uh, 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 Kai, can you pull up what Elon Musk said about Caruso, where, you know, he had some nice words to say about Caruso. Uh, so Caruso's running for mayor of L.A., and, you know, people are making a lot of noise about who he is and what he's doing. Just type, guy, Kai, what are you doing? Just go on Google and type. Ladies Elon and gentlemen, Musk. Kai's back in oh the building God. doing what he usually do. Yeah, I mean he's. <laughs> so there you go. That was so easy. So they, you just did that. So, but but there's a lot of guys that are sitting there saying this guy may actually get some of his policies to pass. You know, he may actually uh, get some people that uh, may favor him and say, hey, we we do want to get right there where it says the past Friday, Elon Musk endorses Caruso. Can yeah. you see that right there? Yeah. Click on that. Yeah. Can you click on that guy? There you go. Okay, so if we go up and see what he says, there's a tweet right there. Make that a little bit bigger. Los Angeles is fortunate to have someone like Rick Caruso running for mayor. He's awesome. He says Elon Musk. Wow. Kai, could you go back to the beginning, the initial article with the headline? If you could. Scroll up, yeah. Ex-Republican backed out. Mm -hmm. So is this what it takes to to win in a place like L.A.? You're a former Republican who has to now transition to a Democrat Democrat. and actually maybe, you know, policy-wise, you're more of a Republican, but personality-wise, you got to pretend you're a Democrat. That's how you kind of got to win in L.A. or in California? I mean, it's so tough to win as a Republican. I don't care. You know, you you could be a Republican with Democrat values and still call yourself a Republican, and it would be tough. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's got the right formula. I don't know. But, I mean, I like him so far, but, you know. Listen, a, a great sign for me in California was the fact that they threw the attorney general out of uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Threw him out, you know, in the recall. And hopefully the next one will be, what's his name, from uh, L.A., because he, he's another. Garcetti? Oh, no, not the Garcetti. Oh, that's the mayor. Attorney yeah, what's general. What's his name? Yeah. What's his name? Forget his name. I, I, Latino guy. I dislike no. I dislike these guys so much. I can't even. I get mad Block even thinking about why the names. Why, why do you get mad thinking about these guys, <laughs> Patrick? They've identified in the city of L.A. seventeen gangs that are following people to their homes. They're they're, they're tracking them in restaurants. And this is an these are gangs that could be indicted under the RICO statute because they're criminal enterprises. They're very sophisticated. They're tracking people from their restaurant to their home, and and robbing them at gunpoint at their home. They've identified 17 gangs. The LAPD now has a unit just for this gang violence. You can go into stores, Rite Aid stores, and and uh, other pharmacies that are closing left and right in all of California because now shoplifting is a misdemeanor for anything under $1,000. People are going in there right in broad daylight, on camera, don't care, and taking $950 worth of merchandise off mm-hmm. the shelf and walking out of the store. And nothing happens to them. I mean, people are not going to tolerate this. Normal working people, blue they're not going to tolerate this. doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, or whatever. But this is what's... This is what is going on now i'll ask you a question what is the reasoning behind this 
Now, of course, we're hearing that Soros is putting all of these people in. He's backing their campaigns. He's getting them in office. But even there, what's what's the reasoning behind it? I, I don't understand it. Why do you want criminals to be pampered so they can go out and commit more crimes? And you want, you know, regular citizens to be the victims and do nothing about it. What's the mentality behind this? You know, I consider myself fairly astute. I can't figure this out. I don't know what the plan is. Is it somebody that's really looking to destroy America from within? You know, is that what's really happening in these major cities? I, I don't I don't know. But why would you do that, though? Because even the guy, sometimes even the guy that's going through it, that is relying on everybody else by, you know, hey, I'll give you this for free. I'll give you that for free. Even if they bring the whole empire down, they get crushed because they're not the creators and the initiators. Mm-hmm. They rely on the creator and the initiator. You know, but maybe they're oblivious to it. Maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe it's, you know, uh, if you rarely earn anything in life, you really don't care whether anything you lose anything. You never build it in the first place to have any kind of uh, 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 responsibility or pain of loss. Uh, who knows what the motive is with that? But you know, sometimes you got it. Sometimes certain states, you know, Jedediah on her podcast that got started last week on the first episode, she just flat out said, "Listen, if you're living in these cities and states, leave." I have to tell you this. Just leave. I lived in New York. She's saying this. I was in New York. I left. If you're living in California, leave. If you're living in Chicago, Illinois, leave. Why are you staying there? They have to feel the pain that you're leaving. Too many people are sitting there saying, oh, no, I'm just going to stay here because of this and because of that. No, listen, I'm leaving. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to a different state. That's her position where maybe eventually it needs to get to a point where they're going to sit around and say, uh, guys, we're losing way too many people. Just yesterday, you know, they're having this conversation with um, MSNBC is having a conversation with uh, one of their uh, guests that's sitting there saying, well, it's not that bad. Gas prices are not this. It's the Putin <laughs> Putin uh, gas hike. Did you see that? Which which story is that, by the way? The, it's in the middle uh, of page two with, uh, you're talking about uh, NBC host uh, Willie Geist? Yeah, Willie Geist. Yeah. yeah, NBC host Willie Geist, he says, I want to read this to you. He says, uh, uh, NBC host tells Biden official that Americans see right through the his Putin price hike spin. Okay, this is MSNBC mm-hmm. saying this. You can't lose MSNBC. Maybe you lose a little bit of Jake Tapper from CNN. Fine, but you cannot lose MSNBC. Willie Geis told the director of White House National Economic Council Friday that Americans are not blaming Russia President Vladimir Putin for soaring gas prices. Brian. It's true, of course, that Russia's war in Ukraine is impacting oil prices. Yes, but I promise you, the landscaper two days ago I talked to about gas pump who was trying to fill up two cans uh, and backpack blowers and mowers in his truck was not going, damn you, Putin. So what do you say to him? What do you say to families who can't afford all these groceries Right now, the NEC director, Brian Rose, uh, Brian D. said these gas prices, uh, which exceed $5 per gallon uh, Thursday, is hitting families hard. Then he said gas prices have increased $1.70 since Putin amassed troops at the Ukraine border. I think eventually these arguments get exposed. Even yesterday, or not yesterday, three days ago when Bill Maher had Kellyanne Conway on, mm-hmm. and who's the other person that he on? He had a, he had a few different people on, and he said, look, guys. If Kavanaugh is getting a death threat and New York Times doesn't cover it the next day, if that was a Democratic Supreme Court, it it would be a cover story. He says, this is the hypocrisy of New York Times where people don't trust. And it's not coming from Tucker Carlson. That's coming from Bill Maher. 
You can't lose these people that you've had for decades. And that's what's starting to happen to many of them. I got to tell you this. I was never a fan of Bill Maher's, mainly because I didn't like the way he treated Christians and, you know, and he was religiously or in yeah, yeah. religious religiosity. List. You know, list, he had that yeah. Yeah. religious list. Yeah. But um, and also because I thought he was really far left. Mm hmm. But as you're watching him now, I have a different opinion of him. I mean, I like him more now because he's calling it as he sees it. And listen, he, I mean, he said it right out with the New York Times. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a deeper issue. This was a Supreme Court judge that somebody went up to his house and was saying they were going to assassinate him. And here we are with mainstream media not even wanting to cover it. I mean, what are they thinking I mean, this is, Patrick, this is worse than street stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. I mean, these people say it's okay to kill a Supreme Court judge. They don't want to cover it. They, want, they don't want people to know that. I mean, how do you start that? What kind of mentality is going on in this country? And that's why I'm saying this has become more mob-like, even the press, even the media, to cover things up like this. I mean, this is serious stuff. Yeah, they were talking about how Schumer... Uh, remember when Schumer said, Absolutely. hey, he'll pay the price for row resurfaces, and he said it passionately. And some are saying, well, wait a minute, that's a threat. You know, and he says, you know, uh, uh, I want to tell you, you know, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released a whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hits you if you go forward with these awful decisions, right? Yes. And then he has to come back. This is Schumer's word. Now, some people may say, well, that sounds like what happened at the January 6th when Trump said this and that. So, so the point becomes this. Then the view, I don't know if you saw the view or not. You don't seem like the type of person that watches the view religiously. Although it's a, it's, a, it's a very good show to watch if you like to increase your blood pressure. It's a very <laughs> good show it. to watch. But you see them saying, well, well yeah, and then, but the, yeah, but you, you see what he said and you see what McConnell said and you see what this said. No, here's what's going on. Hypocrisy at its best all across the board and it's being revealed. FYI, it's both left and right. And if you try to impose hypocrisy, it's eventually going to be losing. Like guns right now, the debate that they're having with guns right now, where, you know, 10 senators from yeah. each side are sitting there saying, hey, so here's what we propose. Because I don't know if you saw Matthew McConaughey's speech that mm -hmm. he gave. Did you actually watch Very the whole speech? Yeah. speech yes. yeah. So I watched the speech. <clears throat> And I'm sitting there. This is a guy. I'm a Second Amendment guy. Mm -hmm. I have multiple M16s. Mm -hmm. I have shotguns. I have guns. I'm all for it. I think I want everybody to be trained. But you're sitting there listening to this guy saying, okay, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind more people being trained. I can see why the age may increase from 18 to 21. I can see that. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Background check, fine. When I was in Dallas, I went to the local gun shop. I bought an M16 with a magazine and full of rounds, and it took me, I bought it, I went, walked into the store at 1141, by 1159, I left with everything, bought it, walked out, nothing. I'm, I'm a safe guy to buy that stuff, and then I made a video about it to document it, but should the average guy be able to do that? Should the average guy be able to do that if he's taking medication? Some people are making these proposals, why don't we look at them, right? But the same thing goes also with NRA. You know, they also don't want anybody to make any changes to talk about anything. I think what's happening today is the following. Roe v. Wade. Hey, here's what's going to take place. I can't believe you're doing this. Guns. This is what's. I can't believe you're doing this. But the American people are saying, look, this sounds reasonable. This sounds reasonable. The unreasonable folks, you're so loud, you're convincing the reasonable people that you have a point and you don't, okay? What are your thoughts about what's going on right now with what they're proposing with uh, the new 
gun laws? Well, here's my thinking. First of all, I don't think anyone at 18 years old should be able to walk into a gun shop and come out with a gun. Not at 18. I I disagree with that. You know, they talk about the military. It's such a silly comparison. When you go into the military, they're training you how to use the gun, discipline, authority. They're giving you training on it, not letting you go out in the street and do that. So I think 18 is the wrong age. I wouldn't I wouldn't have no problem with seeing it at 21. I have no problem with background checks at all. I, I don't, you know, for me, look, Patrick, here's what, here's what I say. If they made drunk, if they make uh, guns illegal, the only people that are going to have guns are those on the street, the criminals. I could have gotten any gun I wanted within 24 hours. All I had to do was put it out there. Anything that I wanted, I would have had when I was on the street. Anything. There's more illicit guns on the street than you could imagine. Maybe... 200 million. That's the numbers that I Illicit. Well, illegal. Yeah, of course. 200 million guns. You can get them in in a second. Believe me. So why would you take guns out of legitimate people's hands that are using them for the right reason and maybe to defend themselves? It makes no sense. So many things that these people talk about make no sense. But I am all for uh, logical reform. I don't think a kid at 18 should have an an M16. What is he going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Why? You know, no proper training. At 18, most guys are so immature anyhow at that point in time. So I like logical changes, you know, to things that make sense. And I think most of American people think that way too. You know, it's the same way, look, you know, Roe versus Wade is such a hotbed. People don't even understand what's happening. They're not saying it's illegal. They're saying it goes to the state, which it should have been in the first place. I agree with that. It's up to the states to decide. If you have a blue state, and in that blue state, people think abortion is okay, and they voted in, I'm against it. I'm a pro-life guy. But hey, you know what? It should be, in my opinion, the state should decide that. If you're in a, a red state, and they say no, then then there's no abortion, uh, you know. But look, I was incensed. I did a, a video on it on my channel. And uh, when uh, the mayor of New York gets out there, I, I can understand the reasoning behind this. And he said that abortion should be legal right up to the time of birth. And it's a health issue for the mother. Now, he didn't follow it up and say the mother's health was at stake. You know, her life was at stake. And I don't care what anybody says. I mean, my daughter, I have five daughters. My youngest one was born, you know, premature. And now she's the biggest out of all my kids and all my daughters. But I'm saying that's a human life attached only by an umbilical cord. How can you say the health of the mother is at risk? It's murder, plain and simple. But why would a guy make a statement like this? Who is he pandering to? I don't think the normal American believes that. So who is he pandering to? A, a minority of people that that agree with something like that. No, he's just he's just pandering to the people that are probably funding or some people that he needs their endorsement or some people that if they piss him off, you know, they may not get the support wanting to be invited to those parties because deep down inside he himself knows that 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 doesn't make. I have to believe that a logical, reasonable person has to believe that doesn't make any sense to make a comment like that. Okay. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's the same thing. I'll, I'll give you another example. They want to go soft on crime with criminals, right? I spent eight years in prison and 20 years on the street. Do you think if Giuliani would have came to me and said, Michael, we're going to soften the racketeering laws and we're going to give you bail if you get in trouble. Don't worry about it. Do you think I would have said, oh, you're such a nice guy. I'm going to go straight. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to commit crimes anymore. Mm-hmm. I would have said, this guy losing his mind. It's open field. 
If you're l- lessening the the uh, uh, consequences for a criminal, they're going to take advantage of it. Yeah. So what? The, I'm asking you, Patrick, and you, Adam. You're intelligent guys because I can't figure out what the reasoning is behind this. They're losing. They have to be losing most of the people that don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. People want to protect themselves. They want to be safe in their neighborhoods. What is the reasoning behind people acting like this and going soft on criminals and really making you know the innocent people the victims? That, but they think they think that's what the voters want. But how? And they don't. But they they but they don't. That that's the beautiful thing about. Okay, so you know, a guy asked me a question the other day, and <laughs> he's making two three hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. and he says, "Hey, can I ask you a question? I, how do you relate to people that only make fifteen bucks an hour?" I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "How do you relate?" I'm making, you know, $250,000. How do you relate to people that make 15 bucks an hour? I said, bro, you were just making 15 bucks an hour three years ago. Mm-hmm. What, 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 are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, but you know when you're, I said, no, no, relax. You've officially been disconnected from the customers that are buying from you. You don't even know what's coming next for you when you start thinking that you're that much bigger than somebody that's making 15 bucks an hour because you're making a quarter million dollar your income, right? It was an interesting conversation. He was asking you or he's more saying, asking for himself? Yeah, he's like, well, you know, so when you're winning and, you know, it's like you're making a quarter million. How do you relate to people, the mindset of a $15 an hour person? I'm like, you were there a few years ago. What do you mean you don't run? <laughs> so, but this is the point, though. When you're disconnected from the life mm-hmm. and the only people you talk to are people that are within your circle and they're going to the same parties, the rich congressmen, senators, and you're in it for too long, you forget that you got into this with a cause to want to make impact, to want to make a difference, to correct an injustice. Now you're just attending a party on a daily basis. You're so disconnected from the day-to-day stuff. You don't even know what's going on in the streets. So they don't go in the streets and say, so tell me, how's it feel like paying gas prices, the, the amount that you're paying? How, how, you, how are you feeling right there? Well, it's, it's tough. Why? My grandmother lives two hours away from here. I, I can't even go visit. I used to go visit her once a month. I can't do that anymore. I told my grandma I can't come by. Why? Two hours away, I drive a pickup truck. It's 70 miles per gallon. I just can't pay the six bucks. So I'm That's not going to be doing it. That's real. That's the real part. A flight that used to cost 350 I used to take this flight all the time. It's 350 Now the flight is... 580. I can't pay 580. Right. The flight is gas. You can't pay mm-hmm. that. The food, like by the way, some basic prices that people feel. Okay. So f- fuel prices in the last 12 months, year over year, up 107 percent. Airfare up 38 percent. Hotels and motels up 22 percent. Butter and uh, margarine uh, 20 percent. Okay. Then you have ground beef. May to May, up 14%. Bacon, up 15%. Eggs, up 32%. Apple, up 6%. Fish and seafood, up 12%. You see these stats that's coming from Department of Labor, and who feels this? You know who feels this? You think Nancy Pelosi feels this? No. The average no. person feels this. Dude, the course. average person who's shopping is going right. to feel this stuff. What about the woman, the congresswoman from, I think, uh, Michigan? The other day, she said, I don't care about the gas prices. They don't bother me. I drive an electric car. Now, she, rep- she has constituents, and she's lame enough to say something like this publicly. She's in the newspaper. I have an electric car. It costs her $57,000. How many people can afford that because they're already paying no. off the car that they have? So, yeah, we just go out and buy an electric car. I don't care about the uh, price of gas. She had the nerve to say that. It shows you how far detached they are. And these are the people that are making decisions for us. That's what I'm saying, Patrick. This is, it's gotten so far out of hand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
And if this continues on this path, we're in a lot of trouble. I don't think we are. I don't think we are. And here's why. I think it's very important for everybody to read this, to be aware of what's going on. I think everybody needs to read this to understand what's going on. They, they got to pick up the book, but spend the whatever, 30, how much is this book? 20 bucks, 15 bucks, yeah. whatever the dollar amount is, go buy the book, put the link there so people can find it. By the way, let me, let me just mention yeah. this. If they go on uh, mafiademocracy.com, we'll give them a free chapter to read. And then they can make a decision. Okay, there you go. Put mafiademocracy.com. But, but I don't think, you know, bad times are going to be around the corner permanently. I think temporary, they're going to be here and it's going to be ugly especially those who are oblivious and they've spent too much time watching Netflix, playing video games, spending too much time on TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, those guys, I'm sorry, you're paying the price because mm-hmm. the news is going to hit you 12 months later than the people that are aware. So you're going to get hit very, very hard. But the people that are actually the common sense people, here's what they're noticing. They're noticing hypocrisy and contradictions. For example, let me kind of go through this. What's wrong with us? Raising the age of somebody using an M16 to 25 years old. What's wrong with raising the age of somebody using a gun at 21 years old? This is an 18-year-old kid. Do you realize when you're even in the military, even a soldier, us, we can't keep the gun in our bed. We have to go put it in a place where they keep it safe, sign it out. It's not with me all the time, which they're right. That's how I was in the Army. Okay. Yeah, you have a good point. I'm sorry. Oh, But it's okay if a... Eight-year-old kid wants to change their sex. <laughs> it's okay for us to give the hormone medication where now they're gonna make. Why well, I, I don't know if I'm a man or oh you know what okay babe. So so you think the eighteen-year-old is not wise enough to use a gun, but you do think the ten-year-old is wise enough to mm-hmm. have a sex change. Okay, so now you lose because it's called hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Now you're contradicting yourself you lose when you say it's my body my choice and you go to lakewood church screaming hollering getting naked half naked taking your clothes off down to your panties and your bra sports bra it's my body my choice i can do whatever i want to do with it okay cool that's all right it's cool uh listen man you know this vaccine stuff mm-hmm. i mean my family's taking it i don't want to take it let's just say no you have to you're being irresponsible that's contradiction. Okay. okay. So yeah, let me tell you, it's the woman's choice when it comes down to this. Okay. But I have to pay for it. Why do I have to? I didn't have the fun enjoyment that you had when you had sex. You enjoyed it. I didn't shiver. You shook. My toes didn't curl. Your toes curled. Why am I having to pay for your, your toes curling? I didn't get that experience. You right. got it. Okay. Well, so, so what is taking place today is contradiction on both sides are being revealed. And people are starting to say, I read between the BS. I agree. A Bill Maher is reading between the BS. Mm-hmm. Fox News the other day, they're sitting there preaching all this stuff about transgender. They just did a special on transgender. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that or not, no, the story that they had on. Yeah, I watched, uh, did you see it or no? I watched, uh, did you watch the special that they had where- I've been watching a lot of stuff from Matt Walsh these days. Have you yeah. seen what he's putting out there no. with I am a woman or have yeah. you what, seen what any of this? Woman? What, what is, is a woman? What is a woman? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, but what, but what I'm saying is now Fox Fox is putting it up. It's kind of like, well, so now Fox is sitting there saying, well, you know, we got to go a little, let's see what the audience wants to hear. So your Fox News contradicting yourself and people are sitting there saying, what are you pandering to? So it doesn't matter which way you go. Mm-hmm. The average person is sitting there saying, I've never liked Bill Maher. 
but that just makes sense. I've never liked Tucker Carlson, but That's that me. just makes sense. I've, I just found out about Joe Rogan. I know hundreds of millions of people listen to him, billions of views online. I found out because of what they said. And guess what? I actually like what the guy has to say. Yeah. This Russell Brand guy, isn't he supposed to be a full-on left-wing you know, a liberal guy? This guy makes sense. People are starting to say, hey, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of contradiction. And they're, they're going to people who are able to reason. And the value, the currency, like you know how hard work is a very valuable currency, right? Yeah. Respect is a very valuable currency, okay? Being able to reflect is a very valuable currency, right? Good attitude. Good attitude, very, absolutely, very valuable currency. Loyalty, very valuable currency. You know what people are starting to realize is a very valuable currency? The ability to reason. Common sense. Wow. You, you want to hear something that's very telling? I was at the airport going through security, and we're going through the machine, right? There's five women in front of me, and for some reason, the uh, TSA guy says, I need a male to come through. So I said, I qualify that. Is that okay? <laughs> right? Crowded place. Everybody started laughing, you know, because they get it. Mm -hmm. Now, if there was maybe progressive there, I would have offended somebody. And I even said to him, are you allowed to say that? He's come on through, you know, like that. But normal people are getting it. So I agree with what you're saying. So, you know, maybe this extreme extremism that we're seeing, that's mm -hmm. really caused a lot by the... I, you know, I hate to say it because... And I want to ask you this question about Trump. This extremism, it's coming from the left. I mean, it's coming from the far left. I mean, they're the ones that put it out there. They're the ones that shout the loudest. They're the ones that do all of that. And they cause so much division in the country. I, I really think it's coming from there. And, I, and I'm, I'm not picking on them. I'm just seeing it. That's reality. But this extremism, it's not what normal people think. They just don't think that way. I got to ask you a question about Trump. I can get on... And, and talk, I, I try not to talk about Trump at all. People know you supported Trump, and I try to say to them, listen, this is not a personality con uh, concert, mm -hmm. uh, contest for me. I liked his policies for America. That's it. Yeah, he's not going to date my daughter. I don't go out to dinner with him. We're not best friends. I don't go to Mar-a-Lago. This is one I, I liked his policies. End of story. But I forget about him. I don't talk about him. I say something with this current administration. Immediately, they don't even see that. They come back at Trump. Mm -hmm. What is it with? What did this guy do to make people hate him so much? It's very, it's very obvious. It's very obvious. I mean, you and I sat there and we spoke one time, and you told me about something you learned from your dad years ago, Sonny who we had a chance to, I had a chance to meet with him multiple times. We had a great lunch with him at that That's one true. Italian restaurant. Uh, and you said, one of the things I learned from my dad is to be able to sit down in front of somebody, knowing they lied to your face, knowing they betrayed you, and you still don't act like you know and you don't publicly humiliate them. Something like that. And, you know, I'm prefacing what you yes. said, but something like that. You remember this guy? Yeah, like five, some six, substance, yeah. that was it, yeah. So, well, Trump didn't do that. Trump went publicly and called everybody out as fake news. That means he called everybody in a blanket media, you're all liars. And he kept doing it over and over and over and over and over again. You're essentially questioning their character. You didn't say, I disagree 
with their policies. He didn't say, I disagree with the approach to get the economy to improve. I disagree with what we ought to do with health insurance. No, no. You said, you're all full of shit. You're all liars. You're all fake. None of you guys care about the American people. All you care about is your pocket, your dinner, and that's who you are, and that's your DNA. Well, guess what you did? You woke them up. And mm-hmm. that woke mob is coming after you. Not one of them, not two of them, not three of them. All of them. They're all angry at you. And no one's ever done that before until this guy did it. It's that simple. You go look at uh, Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy and his family did that behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. But publicly, like Joseph Kennedy was like a Trump. John F. Kennedy wasn't like a mm-hmm. Trump. The father is a Trump. You know, he was a guy that if he would have ran, Joseph Kennedy was probably not capable of running at that time because he would have talked shit to everybody. That guy was a straight up gangster. Hundred yeah, percent. You know, he was a he was a feared man, but his sons learned from dad's weaknesses and strengths. Right? Like to like even if you look at uh, his daughter, Trump's daughter. Mm-hmm. Look how he she got all the strengths from Trump's do- Trump. And he's like, oh, okay, this is what my dad's good at. But look at the way she answers. Okay, you're like, oh, okay. I can see her. She has diplomacy. She has diplomacy, and the father doesn't have it. But, you know, if 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 we had a guy like that right now, would a Putin be doing what he's doing to Ukraine? How would that phone call be handled? They asked a question from Biden this week. What can we do about inflation? You know what his answer was? There's really not much we can do about inflation. Dude, that's not something we want to hear from the president. No. There's really not much we can do about inflation. There's really not much we can do about inflation. So... I think that's the part with Trump where he went out uh, on the offensive and called everyone's character out. Mm-hmm. Well, let me add to that because I, I'm so glad you went there, Michael, because the whole time I'm thinking as we're talking about all these policies, issues, substance type stuff, all I'm thinking is the elephant in the room is no longer there. So Trump sucked so much of the oxygen out of the room that even if you, ha- if you were going to attempt to have a policy debate, no matter what it was, you know, healthcare, guns, schools, you know, the economy, whatever, everyone from the center to the left would be like, yeah, but he's a liar. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's not presidential. And it was such a quick response that you couldn't even have a substantive debate. What's happening now that Trump is no longer in office and the dust has settled and we're supposed to have grown-ups in the White House now and you have Biden coming out there basically saying, yeah, you know, the gas, you know, it is what it is. Sorry, you have someone like Janet Yellen basically saying... Yeah, my bad. I was supposed to use, I, I heard, I never used the word transitory in my life, never heard of it. And I heard it every other sentence out of Yellen and uh, Jerome Powell, transitory, transitory. So the good and the bad of the Trump thing is now that he's not here, we can actually have policy debates. And that's what's happening in this country right now. And, you know, believe it or not, the right is winning these policy debates for the most part, right? Maybe they've, you know, on guns, they may be, you know, Hopefully, it'll come around on some stuff. But everything with wokeism, transgender, economy, gas prices, inflation, it's so hard to look at the left or Biden and be like, great job, guys. Keep it up. The The whole premise of Biden and everyone that kind of accompanied him into the White House, into the Oval Office was, quote unquote, well, now we got the grownups in the White House. Is this what fucking growing up looks like? Because it looks pretty ugly. But without Trump, we're able to see really what's happening right now. And again, not a huge fan of Trump, but at least we're able to see what's behind the curtain. But but is that is that okay, so you just made a very good point. 
uh, and I rarely say that, but you just made a very good point. <laughs> and but but the but the Thank part you. about what, the part about what you just said is the following: like he almost needed to leave for us to know if he was doing a good job or a bad job. Bingo. Yes. Got it. And now we notice where he was doing a very good job in, mm-hmm. and where he wasn't, and a lot of the stuff that the media was saying that he was doing bad, they were full of shit. Because yeah, because they, they it wasn't the media would never attack the policies for the most part. There were some things that were disagreeable, you know, whether the tax cuts were a good thing or not, or whether you what you want. I mean, he did not have a solution whatsoever for healthcare. Right. But for the most part, does. when you talked about the economy, blacks, whites, Hispanics, Latinos, yeah. Asians, this, that, like James Carville said, 1992, Bill Clinton, 30 years to the day, like Michael said, it's the economy, stupid, mm-hmm. and everything, all roads lead to the economy, and. Everything about Trump, it was he. It, everything was attacking his character, because, like it or not, the guy did lie a lot, okay? Or he told fibs, or whether he called people out. He, I know, but, but Adam, lie a lot. I got. But they all so, do, is what you're saying. Biden, can I tell you something? People say we feel sorry for Biden, and I'm a Christian, and I'm a former gangster. Honestly, this guy, I can't even look at him. And I'll tell you why. Number one, he's a tremendous liar. He's been feeding, he's been living off of the taxpayer for 47 years, this guy. I guarantee he never had to make a payroll in his life. He don't know what it is. He's been living off that. Mm-hmm. Lie through his teeth about his son. Lies. He's his partner. He knows his son used him to get whatever, and he's sharing it. The evidence is there. And I'll tell you what gets me the most, and this is something personal. I get angry just talking about it. What's happening in our southern border, I spoke to 850 undercover DEA agents from the state of Texas. I spoke to them. I spent two days with them. They said, what they said to me in two days made me sick. They said, Michael, we're not even getting 10% of the illegal drugs that are coming across, opioids and fentanyl. And then they, they showed me something. They, they wrote on a piece of paper a block like this, Patrick maybe a foot and a half square, and maybe two inches thick. And they said, this block of fentanyl coming across the border can kill the entire population of the world, seven billion people. And they said, we can't do anything about it. Last year alone, you know the numbers, 100,000 people between the ages of 24 and 45 died of opioid overdose, including somebody very close to me. Okay, good, beautiful kid. Some clo- He knows this is happening. They know it's, it's happening. This 15-year-old kids, they're finding, they're finding opioids in their rooms, in, the, in, their, in their lockers in school. You know this is happening and you allow this because you're bringing, the whole scheme is so easy to see. You're bringing these people in. You want to get mail-in votes. Then you want to send your troops out at, at the election time and say, hey, Biden got you here. If you want to stay here, you better vote this way. You don't need an ID. Just mail the ballot in. And that's it. It's all about staying in office. It's all about money and power and control. And that's what the book is about. Let somebody deny that to me. Let, let them deny it. These are, these are they're murderers. I hate to say it, but it's true. How could you allow this? Look. I, I don't know guys on the street that would do this, Patrick. I mean it. We didn't do this in our own neighborhoods. We took care of our communities. Even Sammy, you spoke to Sammy. We didn't mess with our neighbor. We took care of the people in our neighborhood and our community. We had a heart for things like that. Some guys, okay. Talk about Roy DeMeo, is a different animal, you know, a different animal. But for the most part, how could you allow this to happen? 
Is this that important to you? Nancy Pelosi, woman's 81 years old. You've been in power. You're a multimillionaire. You, you, you might have come into, how come these people come into offices with blue-collar assets and go out multimillionaires on a $200,000 a year salary? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what they're doing to the American people. And, and yes, it's on both sides. But I got it for Biden because I know this is happening. And he's doing nothing about it, nor any of the Democrats that right now are in control. And this, this is basically murder. They're allowing it to happen. You know, so many people that I've spoken to, because, you know, I travel the country. So many people that I've spoken to have lost loved ones over opioid, oh, uh, you know, what do you call it? Overdose. Overdose. I get so angry about this. Yeah, no, I get it. It drives me crazy. How could you allow this to happen? Biden, I don't feel sorry for him at all. I don't. Let me tell you something. If I was running for office and my wife knew that I was a Biden, she would she would divorce me before she before she'd allow me to be president. I mean, these people are all frauds. They're all frauds. What are they trying to do? Biden's been office forty seven years. He's a multimillionaire. You have to put the country in this kind of shape, go and take care of your grandchildren, live the rest of your life, enjoy yourself. I don't get it. The Nancy Pelosi, the same thing. Go enjoy your life. Why do you have to make people miserable? And this is coming from a former gangster. Mm -hmm. But look, I got kids and grandchildren. I got a heart. I go speak in detention centers, talk to young kids. They they, They have to realize what they're doing and they don't care. And this to me is more serious than anything else, Adam. I I take it personal, even if it wasn't a personal thing, and I would still take it personal because they're wreaking havoc on this country. And if it is true, and again, I I can't verify this. I can't say it's a fact. I know what I've been told. But if China is sending the drugs to Mexico, Mexico is processing them and bringing them over in their mules, well, this is another thing that China... Look, you know this. Every great nation that ever fell, it fell from within. Roman Empire on down. Fell from within. This country now, I think every young man should go into the military. So many of them are soft. They don't know. They don't even get out. I mean, they're on their phones. They don't even know what it is, you know, to, 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 to break their backs at all. They should go into the military. You know that. You've been there. And get training. This country is getting very weak. Our military is getting woke. Mm-hmm. You know? Iran and Venezuela now, partnership. China and, I, and Russia getting together. I mean... What's going on here? I mean, are we going to be around in 20 years? I know you say different, Patrick, but I don't know. This country is is getting weak from within. They call it the wussification of America. Yes. a lot of the highlights. Well, Look, I'm, doing, them- I'm doing a sermon on, on uh, you know, at a big church, Greg Laurie's church. You know who he is. And you know what it is? It's what it, what to be, uh, what is it to be a man's man in 2022? Mm-hmm. Guy's got to man up. I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm really concerned. I really am about what's going on in this country. I think we're in a lot of trouble. I think it's going to unify the right uh, group of people. Uh, You know, everything's in messaging. Sometimes people don't have messaging right, and uh, uh, people are getting the messaging in a more uh, uh, way that's connecting with uh, the audience. Uh, Younger people are starting, some of the younger people are starting to rise up and talk about some things that we didn't talk about before. Uh, You got the... Guys are talking about what it is to be a man today. And, hey, you know, something happens. You rely on a man to go fix this or do that. And people are starting to talk about this today. The last 30 years, men have been wussified, you know, whatever you want to call it, where they're pansies. But we're going back to admiring what men's men are. 
and you, women. You see that? Yeah, I, I absolutely. Where? Oh, social. You're even what the what uh, Rolo is doing, what some of these guys, people people are going to get a bigger voice on this. Jordan Peterson, what he's doing, he's talking about, you know, men, you know, on the inside, there's a monster. It's okay to be that because that's how we are and we're supposed to be that way. And he's getting billions of eyeballs on top of billions of eyeballs. And people are sitting there saying, this kind of does make sense. And a lady interviews Jordan and says, so look at me. I'm 45 years old. I've never been married. And what's wrong with that? I'm a career woman, and I've done very well. And papa, papa, papa says, why do you have such a problem with that? Says, I don't have a problem with that. But if you're 45 and you're single and your best years are behind you as a woman to find a good prospect, what the risk you took for just being a career person, you're going to live a very lonely life. Exactly. And if you're okay with that, yeah. more power to you. Okay, but, but this is the part. This feminism movement of living a lonely life it takes a little bit while for people to see what the side effects are, mm-hmm. you know. So, for example, steroids. Okay, do we know the negative and the positive side effects of steroids? Well, when it first came out, nobody knew. Right. Eighty years later, guess what? Now we know what it does to the liver. We're learning about what it does to this vaccine. Do we know the side effects of the vaccine? No, we don't know the vaccine. But it's going to take a decade or two to learn what's going on. Okay, we'll learn what's going on with that. In the military, they would give us shots. We had no idea what's going to happen. But once we learn, then we have to adjust. If we don't adjust and it's too late, we're screwed. That's the concern. Like, even with, uh, did you see what happened to the NFL with Jack Del Rio's comment he made about January 6th? And he talked, did you hear yeah, this? Yeah, of course, on the okay. Washington Redskins. So, so anyway, so this guy makes a comment. I want to read this to you and 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 share with you why this is uh, at the same time with page seven, if you want to go to page seven. So... Uh, pa, 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 where is it at? There we go. NFL Hall of Famer Ed Reed urges com- Commanders players, this is Washington, Commanders players, to take stand over Jack Del Rio's comments. Um, this is a Bleacher Report story. Pro Football Hall of Famer Ed Reed wants to see Washington Commanders players speak out against Jack Del Rio for the comments he made about January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Retweeted Saturday that the $100,000 fine Del Rio was assessed is nothing and player coaches by him need to put your pants on and stand up to the 59-year-old Del Rio initially caused a stir. Uh, on Monday when he responded to a tweet about the hearing on the insurrection in which he seemed to equate the attack on the Capitol with the public protest that occurred in the summer of 2020 in response to Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin murdering George Floyd. Commanders, head coach Ron Rivera announced Friday that he got fined $100,000 after two men discussed this. Okay, the money will be donated to United States Capitol Police Memorial Fund. Fine. Okay, so making that comparison is a bad comparison to make. How many businesses were shut down because of January 6th? How many communities were turned upside down with fire? African, I saw what this one man, a grown man in his 70s is saying, why are you doing this to me? This is my Mm -hmm. business. Why are you doing this to me? I've been here for 50 years. I can't afford to, why are you doing this to your own community? What happened to that uh, protesting? Are we seeing anything on that? Where's the hearing? Is anybody being held accountable? So, so let me tell you, folks. If now you're watching and you're saying, "Oh, Pat, you know, do, do, you, do, do you understand what January 6th? I said, "No, no, no, no. Hang on. Remember, valuable currency is the ability to reason, and to be able to reason, we have to try to control our emotions, which is very, very hard to do. You just heard Michael." transparent, vulnerable, saying, I can't even look at the man's face because it's so much emotion involved when this thing directly impacts your life. But you cannot tell me you're a hypocrite 
if you're willing to hold January 6th people accountable, but you don't want to hold the people accountable, that affected more people's lives. That affected more people's lives negatively. The BLM protesting and the founder of BLM. What happens to her two years later? She's sitting on these three houses. Really? Oh, so, so that's what you supported? No, that's not what I supported. But that is what you supported. But that is what we drove. But that is what you were doing. No, but that's not what I'm talking about. No, but that's exactly what happened. So accountability needs to be held on both sides. Absolutely. If you're doing it on both sides, then we'll sit there and we'll say what? Okay, cool. This is fine. Did you see what happened with Geico? The lady got a suit Geico for $5.2 million and Geico had to pay this out. Have you seen the story? No. Oh, first of all, you got to cover this on the South Stocks money. So this is perfect story for you. So type in Geico, $5.2 million STD. Okay. Geico may have to pay $5.2 million to a woman who got an STD in an uninsured car. Jeez. What? She had sex. Go to USA Today story, not the NPR. Go back and go to the USA Today. Just type back and type in USA Today, USA Today. Watch this. So this lady, there it is. Okay. Geico ordered to pay $5.2 million to a woman contracted uh, STD during sex in an, un- in an insured vehicle. Let me get this straight. You had sex in a, in a car. You got STD from this guy. Can you zoom in, Kai, so we can read it as well? Because Kai is more interested in the article. He forgot about us. Hmm. So, and Geico has to pay them $5.2 million? You, 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 Remington has to pay somebody $72 million because another person chose to use the gun? And Remington has to pay $72 million? Geico is going to have to pay $5.2 million because this woman sexually transmitted disease in the insured vehicle of her then-boyfriend, a state appeal court rule on Tuesday. The Misery Court of Appeals Western District published an opinion in favor of the woman identified as uh, M.O. who alleged that she con- contracted HPV during a sexual encounter in insured vehicles in t- 2017. Shouldn't they sue the boyfriend then? What the, what the hell are we talking about here? What are we talking? Right. Who's winning today? Nobody. Who's no? It's not. It's not nobody. It's whose argument is getting attention today? This gets attention, so we pay five point two million. Really? Oh, and then what happened to the streets? All the riots? No, no, no. They were doing. They were just being peaceful protesting. No, we had Nikki Fried here in Jedediah called her out. It was all over Twitter because she says, "Well." You know, Jedediah's like, Florida doesn't have a problem with peaceful protesting. She says, yeah, peaceful protesting. Says, what other kind of protesting is there? Do you remember that moment? What other kind of protesting is there? Mm-hmm. I mean, should we be able to do protesting where we vandalize? And we're okay with that? So, so no, that's okay for So, again, the more and more, Michael, my opinion, the more and more they do what they do, the more their hypocrisy is revealed. And the more people sit there and say, well, I kind of supported that, but I don't support that. It's kind of weird. Like... Okay, you know, you go to uh, uh, Trump and his daughter. His daughter comes out and says what? Did you read the story or no? Uh, uh, he said the, she agreed with Bill Barr's yeah, uh, So, So she said it's on page six. She says, um, she says on page six, let me go through. So Ivanka Trump says she believed A.G. Barr that her father lost 2020 election. This is Bloomberg. Ivanka Trump, the daughter of Donald Trump, a former White House advisor, said she accepted that there is no evidence of fraud and that her father had lost 2020 election. A clip of her testimony was played during the White House hearing on January 6th on the Capitol. She was asking deposition that impress- what impression she had when the Attorney General William Barr and Trump and his advisors there was uh, no such fraud. It affected my perspective, she said. I respect Attorney General Barr, so I accepted what he was saying. Now, she's not saying yes or no. She's just saying I respected the guy, so I what? I uh, 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 respect what he's saying. Trump comes back and says she wasn't involved at that time. Okay. 
do, do you sit there and you agree with everything Trump does is right? No. No. Absolutely not. Do you sit there and say what everything everybody does is right? No. But people have to start reasoning again. The ability to reason has to become a very valuable currency again. We've lost that recently. We can sit there and have a friendly debate, and you can say, I agree with you. I disagree with you. Cool. Got it. Walk away. All right, man, this was great. Awesome. We reasoned. You won. You made a good point. I'm like, I'm smarter now. I made a point like, Pat, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But we're not doing that anymore. So I think the people who are able to reason are going to come out re- uh, uh, as leaders. McConaughey, when he gave that speech, it's not the most popular speech to give. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people from NRA is like, dude, what are you talking about? I can't believe you said this. Da, 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 da. They don't like that speech. But guess what it did? It got a couple of guys to say, listen, let's talk background check. Let's do this. Let's do it's that. reasonable. Yeah. He's, re- he's given a reasonable speech saying, I learned how to shoot a shotgun in Uvalde. I grew up and they taught me how to shoot in that city. I know, like, I'm all about this, but I'm not about this. And then we have to sit there and say, ah, this motherfucker just made a very good argument. Ah, okay. All right. Good point. Fine. Got it. At dinner this last week, uh, Saturday, with two uh, 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 big uh, Hollywood actors, and we're having dinner, and I said, you know where my position changed when it came down to health insurance, health care? What, 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 what was it? John Q. You ever seen the movie John yeah. Q with Denzel yeah. Washington? Where it's kind of like, this kid's trying to get a heart. Mm-hmm. At this point of the game, listen, man, we got to figure right away for this kid to get. Oh, it's a quarter million dollars. Am I saying let me pay for all your abortions because you decide to have unprotected sex? I'm not for that. But in that case, we're like, the kid couldn't get that, and we learned so much about our system. Do we just let this person die? Do we just let this person go? So, But that was a way where we watched, we said, Good argument, I'm for it. So I think those who reason will lead the future of America. That's well, why I'm convinced. I hope so. I'll tell you, when it comes to January 6th, look, I believe in peaceful protest. If it's not a peaceful protest, it's not a protest. Then it's vandalism, whatever else. You, it's, you call it what it is. My problem with this is that it's, it's a hypocritic hearing. It's all one-sided. They have one goal in mind, and that's to bury Trump. And it's, it's hypocrisy, and I, I just can't support that. Now, I don't believe in it. Don't get me wrong. They shouldn't have done that. It was wrong, whatever. Trump probably said things to incite them, even though it wasn't direct. But, you know, the flip side of the coin, where was the Capitol Police? Where was the National Guard that he authorized to be there? Nancy Pelosi's a hypocrite. So it's hard for me to support anything that she wants to do because I know it's in her mind. It's not for the benefit of the people. She doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Nothing was going to happen to her. You know, it's the same like, you know, with the Supreme Court. If this was, you know this, if this was a liberal Supreme Court justice, this would have been on the front page of every newspaper. It would be talked about. You know, the right would be in blame. They'd use it to high heaven. And I just can't stand that. I, I, you just, I can't stand it. And, and again, Patrick, this is coming from a guy that lived, that was 20 years a bad guy, a criminal. I mean, I call it the way it is, you know. I just cannot, I can't. But do you think they should not have these hearings? Not at, at this point in time, mm-hmm. when this country is reeling, you know, I, when people are going to a gas station, put seven gallons of gas in their car in California and paying $60, it's just over a quarter of a tank for most people. That's what you're worried about January 6th. At this point in time, 
when you know Patrick named all the things that people are struggling for. I mean, look, I live out in Cal. I live in a pretty affluent neighborhood. It's new, uh, you know, um, uh, well, Newport Beach. Yeah, Newport Beach. But you know, I see what's going outside of that. I mean, this is the time to have these hearings. Are you that worried about Trump? Maybe that he's going to run again, so you want to bury him? That's the whole motivation for this. So for me, it, it's just too much hypocrisy to support. And again. I don't believe that they should have stormed the Capitol. 100%. I don't believe that at all. But I don't believe what they're doing is real. And when you have a different motivation, you, you lose me on that. By, by, the, by the way, is, it, is there anybody more far left on TV than Rachel Maddow? She's probably got to be up there, right? So, okay. Yeah. So see, here's what she said. Rachel Maddow admits that Trump had nothing to do with the Capitol breach. She said, I don't oh. know if you saw this clip or not. I didn't. Yeah, she said, MSNC Shocked. Rachel Maddow, who inspires barbers around the world. She said this. Emphatically reminded her fellow panelists and audience that Donald Trump's rally was not, repeat, not the starting point of the so-called January 6th insurrection. Here's her words. Just a key point that, yes, there was a pro-Trump rally at which the president spoke. And we can absolutely talk about all the things the president said there. But the idea that the rally is the thing that got out of hand and that somehow resulted in the breaching of the Capitol, that rally was very far from the Capitol and the people who... As you say, did the initial breach that allowed everybody else to come in, they never even went to the rally. And this is Rachel, Rachel Maddow. That's shocking. We're not talking about Tucker. You're not talking about Hannity. Right. You're not talking about Santorum. You're, not, you're, you're, talking, about, you're talking about Maddow. Shocking. Rachel Maddow, if, if there's a list of who is the most hated person, the person she hates the most in her life, it, Trump's on the top of that leader's bulletin. Yeah. He's competing no for the number one spot. Mm -hmm. So, if, but, but you know what this gives me? This validates the point of even Rachel Maddow's being forced to reason. Mm -hmm. She's cornered to reason because her audience is saying, I'm sick of your shit. Mm -hmm. I believed you. You're pandering. Start reasoning with me. That's why I tune into you. Or else your eyeballs are going away. I'm not watching you anymore. Eventually, we as parents, my kid, They'll come and say stuff to me, right? And let's just say I try to use a parent card, a father card. Mm -hmm. And I'm being lazy about being a father. And I'm just kind of using my power. And then they come back and they corner me to reason. You know what happens? I get upset. But they're right. They're right. So now I'm kind of sitting there saying, freaking Tico. Okay, Tico, let's reason. And then I'll reason. I'm like, I got I to give this guy this one. He won this one. I'm not going to tell him he won it, but you won this one. Here you go, Tico. Go ahead and do this, right? These people who've been bullshitting people have to eventually reason or eyeballs go away we watch the news for one reason we want you to show us a way that we're not thinking give us perspective and then for us to say okay cool i got you i, I want to tune in let me ask you this yeah. question what is the reasoning what is the mentality behind people at the top trying to interfere with a parent and their child in their upbringing in their sexuality in their morality what do they think they can gain what there's got to be some ulterior motive, some big picture that they think they're going to create behind this. It's absurd to think that you can get in between a parent and a child with respect to their education, their sexuality, their morality. So what is the big picture thought that they have behind this? Because these are the things that I can either be so cynical and, and, and come up with something or I yeah. just can't figure it out. I was at a Wayne Hughes event at his house in Malibu. And they brought Dennis Prager there to speak. Mm -hmm. And he said, here's what the left is doing. The left is trying to make animals and human beings equal. Men and women equal. Gays and straights equal. 
Okay. God and human equal. Parents and kids equal. Employer and employee equal. The risk taker and the, you know, every they're trying to make everything equal. Why? Right. Because they cripple the person that's the doer. They cripple the father and the mother that are paying the bills and funding the house. They cripple the man that brings the security. When has your woman ever brought you security? Okay. But so is that so that they can become more dependent upon them? No, because it's the ultimate uh, Machiavelli, divide and conquer. Okay, yeah. but I'm saying, but what's the what's the reason behind it? You said it, Machiavelli. Yeah. Because they want everybody to be dependent upon them? No, because the moment you are able to create a division between two people, now you can turn the other person into villain and you can win the other victim over. You can't ever recruit a doer. Michael, the hardest people to recruit are doers because doers don't need you. Let me say this one more time. The hardest people to recruit are doers who are responsible, who get up and work, who pay their bills, who are doing everything right, who have their own ambitions, their own dreams, their own vision on the life they want to build. You can't just recruit them with the victimhood mentality stuff. You can't. Okay, they, but- they, they know that they're not as equal as somebody ahead of them. They know that they understand that game. But the victim, the other guys, they're very easy to recruit. Okay. Well, you're talking about a child, you know, a five or six or seven-year-old child. I mean, I read where they want to be able to, to give them vaccine without the permission of their parents. What kind of gall do they have that they think that they can pull something like this off? You're a parent. Yeah. What would you do if somebody said, hey, I'll vaccinate your kids. I don't need your permission. Yep. And they try to alienate your child from you. I mean, this is this is something that would get people incensed, and it's happening. I mean, parents are going crazy over this. What's the what's the thought behind that? It's the same thing. They they want to take control over them. You know, they want to divide and conquer. Exactly. So that they so that everybody becomes dependent upon them. Yeah, I mean, this has been going on for for a very, very long time. This has been going on for a very, very long time. You know, you go around, American Gangster, the scene, Denzel is standing there. What are they giving away in the city? Turkeys. Mm-hmm. Why are they giving that away? Hey, if we give away turkeys, you'll be quiet about the fact that I'm selling blue magic in the drugs. streets, right? Okay. Hey, these guys are good guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, go to Medellin. I was in uh, Bahamas last week. And you go to Carlos Leader's plane where he crashed, and I went snorkeling there, right? Great experience. And that was the airport, uh, uh, Nelson's, what's it called? Uh, uh, anyway, something K. Nelson's that, K? Nelson's K. I think it's Nelson's. Maybe it's a different word. No, no, it's a different word, I believe. Anyways, where they would, and then eventually they had too much cocaine, and they crashed it, right? Okay. Go to Medellin and ask people about Pablo. Look how many people will say how much they love him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, how many people will be offended? How could you say something like that? He was a very good man. Why was he a good man? Mm-hmm. Took care of the people. He, because he, he won votes through giving things away for free. Same with Capone, right? no? Didn't he not do that? Yeah. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. This is, this is our, our teachers' union, mm-hmm. okay, that has the support of the government. This is the government trying to divide yeah. a parent and a child. This is to- you just made my point. It's totally Machiavellian. That's what's going on here. And what's the ulterior motive? It's control. control. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with. That's why I wrote the book, Patrick. And this is what people have to understand. There's, there's more of a, of a game plan here from these people uh, on the top. And we have to, you know, as a republic, 
we have to fight against this. We can't allow this to happen. Pe parents are uproar, in an uproar, and they should be. They shouldn't tolerate this kind of stuff. From, I mean, who are these people? We elect them and put them in office. They're, you know, we lost sight of things. Look, I spoke to the Senate staff on uh, the anniversary of 9-11 at one point in time, and they took me on a tour through everything. I'm sure you've done that before. These people don't want to give any of that up. I mean, they don't even go out in the rain. You know, they get, you know, tunnels with things that they drive so they don't have to get wet. They don't want to give it up. That's all this. They don't care. They don't want to give it up. I believe in term limits. Let them have two years. Throw them the heck out after that. Let them go get a job. If they want to come back, you know, four years later, whatever. But throw them the heck out. You cannot give people power for that long because then it all it's all about keeping control and power. And that's what's happening here. Hegelian dialectic has been around for a long time, okay? Create a problem, blame him, coming as the hero. It's a very basic formula on what they're using, right? Create the problem, fabricate it. You're the one that fabricates it, the politicians, right? Then come out and say, I cannot believe Kai created this problem with these searches, never show up on time. It always goes to the different website. It's Kai's fault, right? And then come out and say, but for only $9.99, I have the solution, mm -hmm. okay? And we can sell the software, but we have to replace Kai. But I created the problem, right? They've been doing this for a long time. The challenge becomes when the American people are naive to it. And when you're naive to it and you pay a price, I hate to say this to you, but you deserved it because you were blind. You were not willing to be studying on what's going on in the marketplace and why they're doing this. They're going to win over a lot of people, Michael. They're going to win over a lot of people until they wake up. I had a, uh, went and visited my mom. We were having lunch together. She was making me piroshki, which if you haven't had piroshki, it's to die for. Mm -hmm. And she's a great cook. But I said, I said so where are you at politics? I said, I'm, I'm, no, longer, I'm no longer following this stuff. I'm no, because she was a full-on card-carrying communist. I'm no longer there. You kidding me? I'm seeing what some of these guys are doing. They've lost their minds. But, you know, it took her 70-some years to be at that point. Wow. Unfortunately, for some people, it's too late when you finally realize, yeah. what the hell of a philosophy did I buy into? What was I thinking? You know, these feminists who come out and they say, man, I bought into feminism, and I'm 58 years old and single mm -hmm. and miserable. What the hell did I buy? I thought you were right. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I'm not equal to men. I'm not. What they provide me, I can provide. Earlier, I was talking about security, right? When have you seeing a guy date a girl like oh my god i'm with her because she provides me security and protection <laughs> i've never heard of it can you imagine i like i mean obviously sometimes you meet certain people like she would whoop anyone's tail ufc mma guys but for the most part 99 percent of men and women date what's the s word i want security and safety it's our job to do that we don't rely on them to do it right okay so anyways that's one part by the way the, the one thing i do want to talk to you guys about is the following so they talked about, uh, uh, let me just give a shout out quickly to a couple of the super chats. So one is here. F Mass said, why are they not calling Pelosi to testify? This will open up all the doors to the truth, uh, the N.O. to National Guard request. Uh, another one that we got is uh, is uh, by, uh, let me read this next one here. I got here. This other super chat is uh, uh, J.B. Well, they're creating social chaos to keep you distracted from the fleecing the politicians are doing, divide and conquer, no different than snowball from the animal farm. That's interesting. We just talked about that, right? Uh, uh, T.Z. Burton, who's a member, by the way, shout out to T.Z. Burton, member. The elephant in the room is the corrupt media, okay? Uh, lose 
Acosta Pandolfi said, my opinion is January 6th was not an insurrection. It was American taxpayer protesting at a national building funded by our taxpayer dollar against the politicians. Interesting way of putting it, right? So, but, but I want to talk to you about this one part. So Bill Maher says why mass shootings happen. Four reasons. Mental health, easy access, smartphones, movies and TV, right? And he spends a lot of time talking about movie TVs and video games, you know, mm-hmm. specifically movies where it's like the shoot, the hero is the what? And he talks about all these movies that are about revenge, 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 revenge. He gives 50 movie titles that have vengeance in them, revenge, right? And the bad guys always get slaughtered by an automatic weapon. Mm-hmm. The good guy only gets hit in the shoulder and you put a Band-Aid on it and it's good to go and you're safe, right? Yep. Okay. So then stats comes out and it says... 22 weeks into the year, America has already seen 246 mass shootings. So my wife is sitting there. She's like, babe, is it kind of weird that all these mass shootings are happening? So let me read this article from NPR. And by the way, NPR is a, we know who NPR is. It's a very liberal tax-funded media company. May 14th, a racist attack at a Buffalo, New York supermarket snatched the lives of 10 people and three more injured. It was the deadliest mass shooting of the year in the United States for just over a week. Ten days later, gunmen targeted a fourth grade class at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, killing 21 and injuring, uh, injuring 17. It was the deadliest school shooting in America since Sandy Hook. Okay, Mass shooting happened in the U.S. with depressing regula- uh, regulatory. Among the at least 11 mass shootings over the first weekend on June 14th, uh, June, 14 people were shot near a nightclub in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 14 people were shot in a busy entertainment district in Philadelphia, and eight were shot at a graduation party in Summertown, Summerton, South Carolina. It follows a shooting at a hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and a weekend of violence the previous week. Sunday is day 156 of the year. The country has already experienced at least 246 mass shootings so far, at least 246 in just 22 weeks. The average is out to be 11 a week. The tally comes over to Gun Violence Archive, the Independent Data Collection Organization. Etc. Etc. Right. Let's talk about. Okay. So here's what I thought about. I said, whatever we see, we want to become. Why do so many kids become athletes? Because that's what we watch. Mm -hmm. If sports wasn't on TV, would kids become professional athletes, or would they just do it for entertainment? Mm -hmm. If if we didn't have a you know, a TV to watch Michael play, like Mike. I want to be like Mike, right? Or Mark McGuire, baseball derby with, you know, Sammy Sosa or Barry Bonds or Wayne Gretzky or Roger Clements or, you know, Thurman Thomas or Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith or bring it to today. You Aaron know, Judge. You know, all the Aaron Judge who's just killing it on track to, he wants his $400 million contract. So all these things you're saying, I want to be like that guy one day. I want to be like that guy one day. Why? Because it's repetitive, mm-hmm. and we turn them into heroes, and it's repetitive. Okay. Every time I turn to anything on the news, another mass shooting, 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 it's a form of recognition, and it's constant recognition, 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 then anger, 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 recognition, 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 anger, 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 anger. So a kid is sitting there who's already angry, at a video game he played, girl that broke up with him, whatever he's going through, mom didn't tell him he's lo- he loves him. Being bullied Dad left him. Being bullied in school, which is happening left and right. All this stuff is going on. He's saying, you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair. And he goes out there and does something. So 
to everybody that's kind of like wondering, maybe I'm all, not alone on this. Are you also wondering why we're having so many mass shootings? Is this almost needed for them to say, see, we need guns. You see, we need guns. You see, we need guns. You see, we need guns. My concern is who are we recognizing? Who are we recognizing? And are we wanting these people to also become heroes? And kids are like, I'm going to go be a hero. Dude, you're not becoming a hero by doing what you're doing. You're ruining your life by doing this. There's no benefit to you doing this part. But, and then the, the other side becomes with the media, smartphones, easy access, mental health. Okay, mental health. Uh, partially that's on these pharmaceutical companies. You got the video games they can talk about. Nobody wants to talk about hip-hop rap. I grew up listening to hip-hop rap, hit them up, all this stuff, DMX, all this stuff. It's a lot of anger. It's a lot of hatred. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. You're becoming like these. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you affirmations has power, right? But there's a form of recognition. People want to be stars today. And this is an opportunity for me to get my, you know, 15 seconds of fame or whatever it is, right? But why do you think we're having such a surge in mass shootings right now, 246 for the year, and it's only June? Why do you think we're having such a surge in mass shooting? Me or you? Well, look, I, I, you, you, I did see that thing with Bill Maher. By the way, Bill Maher is probably one of the more reasonable, necessary voices in America today because he's not just calling out. Again, this goes back to my initial point. When Trump's not there, you don't have the scapegoat anymore and you have to call out real issues. But the gun situation, to your point, it's not just one thing. It is mental health. Michael touched on it. I don't think 18-year-old kids should just go in there, no background check, boom, they have a gun. I think it should be raised to 21. I think when you're 16, 17, 18, you're in the middle of high school, you can't get laid, girls won't pay attention to you, you're bullied, you're picked on, you're watching movies, all these movies that you're playing games, Call of Duty, this, that, there's so, social media, bullying, there's so much stuff happening to you when you're 16, 17, 18, your body's going through different things, transition and you're angry, you're fucking pissed at the world. You, you know, I remember being a 16-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid. I, I would fight with my parents every day. You're just, you're in such a negative state of mind. It's such a toxic environment. And now you have access to a gun? I'm sorry. I mean, things need to be done. We talked about um, the easy access to guns. But mental health, look, do you think people in the United States are crazier than everywhere else in the world? I think we have an equal amount of crazy people here in the United States as we do in Europe, as they, as they do in Australia, as they do in Canada. Crazy is crazy. I don't think USA is crazier. But when you add on everything else you touched on with on top of mental health, it's a recipe for disaster. And it's, look, at the end of the day, enough's enough. But why increase in mass shooting? I don't know if there is. I mean, maybe there, but I just feel like the media sensationalizes everything. I think it, people are completely within their right to be fed up with media and media you know whether it's trump whether it's mass shootings whether it's politics whether it's any like they're gonna cover the event that gets eyeballs so me you know as, as sad as it is people tune into uvalde to, people tune into what's going on in buffalo people tune into when a synagogue gets shot up people tune into when someone walks into a church and starts shooting up churchgoers it's horrible but the media goes by eyeballs and like you said, affirmation has power. And what you show on the media is a real thing. So I don't know if there's more mass shootings now or if they're just covering it more. I, I know you, you just said the stats, but the, something needs to get done. And this is the first step in the strategy that what the, what the senators are doing. And keep in mind, it takes in the House, I think it's just a majority vote. 
and then the Senate, I think you need 60 votes, so we're not even anywhere close yet. But I think the country is yearning to do freaking something. To sit back and be like, hey, a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. Well, that didn't really work in Uvalde, did it? Because the fucking cops stood outside the classroom for what, 45 minutes? Yeah, but good that, guy that, with a gun? But, 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 that, but, then, but that doesn't fix it. The, the, the changes they make doesn't fix that. Where the good not, every, guys not, every, not everything's going to fix an individual scenario. But I think we're, we're talking in a macro perspective for the United States, right. right? Things need to get done. You touched on opioids. Mental health is a major thing, okay? Like you said, rap, hip-hop, to an even larger extent, the, the video game, gun culture, movies, you know, the good guy. Like you said, the bad guy gets his head blown off. The good guy gets shot in the shoulder, keeps carrying on. All these things add up to what's going on in America today. I'm going to tell you why I don't think it can be fixed. And it's because of the mindset of the country right now. And I'll give you my experience. I spent eight years in prison. And during those years, I spoke to a lot of young kids that came into the system, 21, 22 years old, mandatory minimum drug sentences. They get 20 years. They're spending 17 and a half because no more parole in the federal system. You can write the same script for every single one of them. Fatherless home. Mom, young, trying to do her best. She's got her own problems, can't raise the kid properly. He's got no guidance, gets on the street, you know, gets with the local bank, gangbanger, drug dealer before you know what they're in prison. No guidance whatsoever, right? And that's the trend. Give these kids contraceptives when they're, you know, in, in high school. Let them go out and have sex all they want so they can bring kids into this world that, that don't have a father and don't have a stable home. Now, now they have their cell phones. I agree with Bill Maher. You can get Netflix on your cell phone now. It's not like you have to go to movies anymore. Mm -hmm. what do you, go look at Netflix. Action, adventure, shoot them up, shoot them up, shoot them up. All low-budget films, all about action and adventure. That's what these kids are watching. It's all about guns, 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 guns. That's the, the kind of product that they're putting out there now, especially after the pandemic. So they're seeing all of this stuff. They got no guidance in the house, nothing at home. M emotional problems, yeah, because so many of them are on drugs. That brings you an emotional issue right away. You're not in your right mind when you're doing this stuff. It's a deadly, lethal com a combination of, of things that are taking place. And there's no cure at this moment because nobody's willing to go back. Now, I, I will offend people. I don't know why women are offended when you tell them your child doesn't have a father. Why is that offensive to you, ladies? Do you want to bring this kid up by yourself? You don't want help? Mm -hmm. I'm a father. I want all the help I can get with my kids, you know, and the right kind of help. I want my wife there. When I can't perform, she can. When I can't reason with them, she can. But people get offended by this now. You're offending women if you say, you know, you should have two parents in the home. So how is this going to turn around? I don't think it is. I, I, I know it, it sounds like I have a pessimistic view because I'm being realistic. This has been my experience. And I, I don't... You know, unfortunately in life so often, I mean, it happened in me. I had, to, I had to sink to the depths before I made a transformation in my life. You know, I had, it had to hit me because at one point in time I thought I was in control. I thought I could do everything until boom. You know, I'm in a six by eight cell thinking I'm going to spend the rest of my life there. And then, wow, this is a real problem. I'm in trouble here. And I started to look like, like Patrick said. Then you start to really look at things. What's going on here? For me, fortunately, it wasn't too late. So what's going to happen here before people say, okay, enough. 
We got to get back to reality. You know, I'll tell you this too, and this shouldn't be offensive. As a matter of faith, you can't push God. You can't push God out of everything. You know, you can't unless you unless you have a clear answer as to why we're here and there is no God. You have to at least consider Him. You can't push Him out of everything, and that's happening here. In this, there's no alternative. What's the alternative? A real, documented, evidence-backed alternative to God. Give it to me. And then maybe we can look that way. But there is none. So people are pushing God out. And and it's showing. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, as a Christian, I'm telling you, it's biblical. It's prophetic. You know, you don't you don't want to I don't want to get there right now because I don't think this is the appropriate time for it. But I see what's happening. But and, Michael, maybe what you said is very powerful. And I'll tell you why. Like what, what hit me is maybe your story is a metaphor of what needs to happen to America. Because you said, you know, you were a gangster, you were a racketeer, you ended up in jail for eight years. Could have been longer. You had to look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I going to spend the rest of my life in this cell? And you had to hit rock bottom before you had to turn your life around, which you have, rightfully so. I know, But but maybe that's what what needs to happen to America right now. What would that be, Adam? What what catastrophic thing would would have to happen to this country till we say, wait a second, we need... We got to go back to the roots. We have mm-hmm. to have a well, family I, here. I think it's a culmination of everything that's happening right now. I okay, mean, our, kids, our kids are being killed off in drugs. Exactly in, dro- in droves. This is this is. You know of what? Course. I think it's the worst problem we're facing in this country. It's an epidemic, and people are not paying attention to it. Those that are suffering mm-hmm. over it, and there's so many of them. If you think a hundred thousand kids, a hundred thousand people between the ages of twenty-four and forty-five, how many families is that affected? Hundred thousand. Yeah. We're talking a lot of people are of affected by this, and it hasn't stopped. It's continuing. It's probably getting worse. So what catastrophic event has to happen before we realize, hey, this is real problem here? Mm-hmm. How do you reverse that? I don't have the answer. I don't know. Because the mentality now, that's why I get so incensed with people on the left. You see this stuff happening. You're pandering to criminals. You're at the expense of legitimate, hardworking citizens. You're doing all these things that it, you know, Bible says there's going to be a time when good is bad and bad is good. It's happening right now. And I don't know how you reverse that. But I think at the end of the day, common sense needs to win out. I mean, everything you touched, you talked about is absolutely accurate. And I don't have kids, so I'm not, I don't have those same exact worries that Pat has every single day with a one-year-old, a five-year-old, eight-year-old and 10-year-old, right? I mean, I don't have those exact same words. It's scary out there. But still, I'm sure Pat would would agree that the future does look bright, but sometimes it becomes, you know, what is it? It it gets darker before it becomes light. I think we're going through a a very dark time in America right now, and I think it's going to get uglier. I think a recession, as Pat talks about, is upon us. But, you know, McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, you know, the, the... octogenarians out there, the 80-somethings who are running this country, I think it's time for them to go, and I think a new leadership needs to take place. That's why I'm so excited to vote for someone like a Ron DeSantis. I think a new, fresh perspective needs to reach America. The same old, same old that we've been doing for decades is not going to work anymore. But here's my thinking, and Patrick, maybe you can, because I know how you think, and you too, Adam. What kind of catastrophic event has to occur before we get back to the roots of what we're really supposed to live like. We're parents. You'll mm-hmm. you'll experience maybe this one day. We understand what it takes to raise kids. It's not easy. It's difficult, even under the best of conditions. 
It's a hard job. It's work. And we're raising a person to go out into the world. Look, you know, I'm a fr- I will not allow my daughter to go into Los Angeles alone. I say, you can't go. Dad, you can't go, period. I am not going to have you there worrying that you're going to get out of the car or you're in a parking lot and somebody is scoping you out. I tell you, you got pepper spray. Mm -hmm. You walk into a parking lot. You do what I do, okay? You look all around you. You make sure everything you know, you know everything around you. She says, Dad, you're getting me nervous. I want you nervous because these things are happening right now. And I don't want you to be that statistic, and I don't want to go through that. I'm being selfish, too. Does she listen I don't want to you, lose though? You. Well, she does, because I, I put fear in her in that way. I said, look, this is the world we live in. You know, it's reality. Okay, you go out, you're in a parking lot. I'm hearing things. I mean, in New York, they're going up to people and, and throwing them on the tracks. I lived in that city. I never saw things like that. I mean, this is a crazy, Even crazy in crime-riddled New York in the late well, 70s, the 70s, early 80s? Yeah, in the 70s. It was pretty it, bad back then, right? It, it was Someone bad. like Giuliani had to come in to clean it up. It, it was, well, it, it was very bad back then, yes. It, honestly. And you know what? People can say what they want about Giuliani. He prosecuted me, wanted him to put me away for the rest of my life. And I liked the guy because he cleaned up my city. <laughs> I mean it. And he, he wrote, wrote the, the forward, forward yeah, to the book. Exactly. And yeah. he wrote the Well, <laughs> yeah. even before that, let I me, Let it. me ask a question. How long do you think it should take from... A person to walk into a gun store, buy a semi-automatic weapon with a magazine and bullets. How long do you think it should take? A thorough background check, whatever that takes. And I, you know, I'm not expert in that, but I think a thorough back check. Listen, I mean, come on. Kid walks in at 22 years old. Where's your mom and dad? The 21. Where's your mother and father? How did you grow up? I want to know about this kid. Because, again, he's got his phone. He's Who knows what the situation is with him? He's irresponsible to begin with. I mean, my son, you know, had two, two DUIs before he was 23, 24 years old. I wouldn't put a gun in his hands. And I know he wouldn't shoot anybody. He's not that type of kid. But still, you were irresponsible enough to get a DUI. Mm-hmm. You know? How long do you think it should take? How long do you think it should take? Weeks. Oh, really? Yes. Seriously? Yes. And you're a conservative saying this. I am. How long do you think it should take? Well, not a day. <laughs> Whatever's whatever they're able to pass that's longer than whatever the current okay, timeline is. Okay, can you can you this this is what I did four years, four and a half years ago, five years ago in Dallas. Uh can you can you bring that up, Kai? Just make the video bigger. And I want to see if you can see this. Okay. We're at the store right now. We're about to walk in to buy a semi automatic weapon. Let's see how long it takes. By the way, I'm in the city of Plano, Texas. Mario, can you give me your phone? I want to show exactly yeah. what time it is. It is Monday, March twenty sixth. 11.40 a.m., okay? Terrible comparison, but let's go see how long it takes us to buy this semi-automatic weapon. Watch this. And now, I'm walking out. Mario, can you open this? All right, so here's our weapon. Here's the magazine that, by the way, this magazine is not allowed in the state of California. This is a time, 11.59. So as you can see... You can pause it. 19 minutes. What do you think about that? I think it's wrong. I, you know, It's a semi-automatic weapon. Yeah, 19 minutes to me... So, okay, when I talk to, uh, 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 I'm conflicted with this. So I like the banter going back and forth. So for me, on the one side, they're like, Pat, 
what if we the, the, the government turns against and they, they're, they're coming after you? Don't you want to be able to have the citizens have access to go get a gun? Okay, all right, fine. So that's your fear? No, it's a right. It's an alien, you know, it's a right of mine that's in the Constitution, Second Amendment. They can't take it away from me. Fine. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. But 19 minutes, you want the average person to get 19? Yeah. I said, so how long does a prescription drug background check take to see what you're on? Okay. If you want to buy a pistol, okay, fine. Maybe let's make the argument that you can buy the pistol. You want to get an M16? It's not a. It's not an automatic weapon. It's a semi. It's a big difference. Okay, fine, no problem. But should you have access to you know all the stuff that to be able to get it that quickly? Why not do? Why not take a week? Why not take two weeks? No. But if something happens, we have to. Okay, fine. so no matter where I'm going with this, you get to a point you're like, I don't know if I want just anybody off the street to be able to go get this. There's got to be something where I, if you're on a certain medication, we're talking mental health, I'm not comfortable. Agreed. You know, I'm just not comfortable. Now, to the, the guy in Uvalde that did what he did, his background was clear. He didn't have any issues. He was 18 years old when he bought it. And then, well, he didn't do, you know, he bought it and he went and did it. He didn't do it the next day. It was weeks later after he bought it. So that still would have allowed him to go do what he did because- even if you change it to two weeks, that still doesn't. So again, you go back and forth with this debate to say how many of these 246 mass shootings would have been eliminated based on changing the laws to ages, and you come down to only 5%. So even with the new, you understand what I'm saying? So even with all the new things, let's make it 21, let's make it 18, let's make it, even with that, less than 5% of those could have been eliminated. So your 246 becomes what? 230. Yeah. Okay, whatever the number is, 230, 230. So, yes, it may be a good publicity stunt to do this, but I'm looking for real solutions. What is the real solution on what to do with this part? You talk about single-family households. America is the, the number one country in the world for the most single parents. Look at this percent. This is from Pew Research. Mm-hmm. Pew Research is not Fox or, uh, uh, or CNN. Can you make it a little bit closer, Kai? Zoom in a little bit more so we can see that. Yeah. So according to Pew Research, the U.S. has the highest rate of single parenting in the world. In 2018, almost a quarter of U.S. children under the age of 18 lived in a household with a single parent and no other adult present other than adult children. Being a single parent predominantly affects mothers around the world. The U.S. around 20% children with their mothers around 5%. I mean, go, go up to show the statistic, Kai. Go up to show the statistic. 49% of, uh, what is that? 49% and 20, 49% of black children in the U.S. lived with one parent as did 28% of Hispanic kids and 21% of white kids. Go show up. Look at that chart right there, Adam. Look at that. This is not a leader's bulletin you want to be number one in. So again, even though I did that social experiment that we did four or five years ago, that would have still only prevented 5 to 10% of it. So what is the solution to this? You know, is this just something for people to change, pass some laws to say, well, look at this. We got a victory. We passed this. Dude, you're still going to have 230 of those shootings. Yeah, but it goes back to exactly what I said. Yeah. It's not the one solution alone is not raising the age limit and doing a background check. That's not the, the one solution. The solution, I mean, what do you do? Do you call child services and go to the kid's house and talk to his mother and his grandmother, whoever he was yeah. living with, see if he has a father? You know, I mean, how far... How far of a background search do you do on someone? That's why I think you got to raise the age limit. That's number one. Now, a kid at 18 years old should not have, 
you know, a, a weapon like that. What is he doing? What was he got it for? Tell me why you could go and buy a gun that quickly, but it's going to take you three more years to go sit down at your local pub and legitimately exactly. buy a beer. Exactly. How does that make any sense? It makes no sense. And there's certain states where I think you need to be 21 to even just buy some marijuana. Yes. Look, do I agree that the Second Amendment should exist and we should uh, Americans should be able to have guns? Yes. It's Second Amendment. Yeah. Like, no matter what you say, yeah. it is the Second Amendment. But nowhere in the Second Amendment does it say you should be able to get a gun in less than 10 minutes in a day. Right. It doesn't say that. So the... the the straw man of like, well, they're going to come take my guns. Uh, I, I got to be able to protect myself from the government. It's like, really? You think that you're going to protect yourself from the government? Come, the SWAT team comes after exactly. you. Okay, best of luck. But there needs to be some some regulation, Adam, some but, rules around but what, this. What I'm saying to you is, even if we follow all the logic, mm -hmm. which makes sense, it's still only going to be 5% of it would have been prevented. So... Even if you're 18 to 21, mm -hmm. fine. I, I can go there and say, well, you want yeah, you don't trust me to drink alcohol, but you trust me with a gun. That's an easy three-second argument. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to come up, well, yeah, but the military's 18. Yeah, but even in the military, I didn't sleep with my gun. Yeah, I always have to turn in my gun after I'm done shooting. Congratulations, yeah. you're in the military. Yeah. You're allowed mm -hmm. to use the gun. And if you're not in the military, you got to wait three more but, years. But Sorry. even in the military, the mm -hmm. gun is not with you. It goes back in the safe that you have to sign in and sign out. But... All I'm saying to you is, mm -hmm. even if we take your approach on what you're saying, even if we do all these things that McConaughey is saying, it's still only going to save 5% of them. But Pat, even if it saves 5%, that's X amount of lives no, but, but, that you're but, saving. But you know what, though? No. I, I, I want to push the limit to challenge us to think about a better permanent solution. Because I agree. To me, to me, this is a systemic issue. Mm -hmm. This is a... Education, this is a all-around cultural issue of who we admire and who we turn into heroes. That's the issue. Kids want to become a hero. Kids, everybody, no matter how old you are, what color you are, what level of education you have, everybody wants to be somebody in life. So that somebody isn't being the next great basketball player. Everybody wants to leave a legacy behind. Everybody does. From the smallest ambitious person to the most ambitious person. Everybody wants to leave some kind. This, this has to be presented as this is not a way to be a hero. Here's why. Parents need more training. Marriages need to be more faith, values, principles. I don't care if you're seven-day Jehovah, Christian, Judaism, Catholic. I don't care what you're practicing. Go. To somewhere where they're, you know, selling forgiveness, you know, like the messaging of forgiveness. You take all everything with faith. Take the individual out. Take Abraham out. Take L. Ron Hubbard out. Take Jesus out. Take Moses out. Take take all these people out, right? The, the personality. It's like, I don't think he's a real guy. Fine. Take all that stuff out. Write a summary on the Bible. Write a summary on, you know, Old Testament. Write a summary and like bullet points. What are they teaching us? Forgive your this, the neighbor this, you know, the, the adultery this, wife this, you know, friends this, this. okay, mother this, the protect your rights. So just put those values and principles. What's wrong with that? The problem to me isn't freaking increasing the age. The problem to me is we are no longer selling the values and principles that made America such a great country where people around the world wanted to come and raise their families here. 
That's the permanent problem, Adam. And I think that's what we're having issues with. When's the last time you saw somebody like even, when's the last time you saw somebody on Fox or, or MSNBC or CNN just praying? When's the last time you say, hey, I just want to do a prayer. Can we do a prayer? Here's what I want to pray. And you pray for peace. You pray for forgiveness. You pray for, you know, improvement. You pray for love. You pray you, I, again, I know this is boring stuff. None of us wanted to hear this stuff from our parents when we were kids. None of us wanted to hear it. But guess what? Those who did benefited from it. Those who didn't didn't benefit from it. Pastor, so I, that's what I'm saying where I'm not looking for like, hey, let's just pass yeah. it. It's only going to affect 5%. But I think you're, no, what you're saying is you, there needs to be some action steps here yeah, but because you, thoughts and prayers alone aren't going to get this no, done. No, no, no. But Patrick, just he just confirmed my argument. I'm going to tell you something very personal. My mother got pregnant when, I was fi- when she was 15 years old. I was born when she was 16 years old. My grandmother, because we lived in an Italian neighborhood in Brooklyn, was so embarrassed that my mother had a child out of wedlock that she wanted my mother to abort me. My grandmother did, which was not uncommon back then. You didn't have a child out of wedlock. My grandmother forced my mother, and this is the story my mother told me, Patrick, and I I can reveal it now, um, that she got pregnant with my father, Sonny, but my father was married at that time. Okay, he couldn't get a divorce because divorces weren't allowed at that time in the mob. He wasn't allowed to do it. My grandmother forced my mother to marry someone just so that it would appear that she was married when I was born. Right. The point being is the the morality back then, you didn't have a child out of wedlock. It was the wrong thing to do. You just you just said it. Teach the parents. What parents? There's usually one person. If you do a study on all of these kids, and I think I think I read something, I'm not sure, but most of these mass shootings were, were done by kids that were between the ages of 20 and 26, something like that. I'm not positive, but I think that's what I heard, okay? If you go into the background of these kids, I guarantee you're going to see it was a messed up family or no family life at all. So that's the root of the problem. How do you change that? When you're giving contraceptives to kids when they're 9, 10, 12, or whatever it is, you know, in high school, without the parents' knowledge, it's okay. You don't even have to ask. So these kids are having sex. Oh, it's no problem now. Go get an abortion. So you abort, you know, 300,000 babies a year through Planned Parenthood. But this is all okay. It's a breakdown in morality. So, yes, I agree with you. You know, maybe you save 5%, but you got to do something it's almost like you're working it's backwards. A band-aid, though, but it's you, a band-aid. Yeah, you're right. But you're almost like working backwards. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like for example, like I, I again, p- guys, please push back. Like if if you if I have a leak in my argument, p- identify it. So for example, like you know how they're saying, well, you know, let's let's cancel school debt. No, I, <laughs> I don't think that's the right. But we're making progress. No, we're not. Why not? Because. College tuition inflation has increased 200% in the last 40-some years. College tuition has increased 1,200%. Education hasn't improved 1,000%. No. What about we lower tuition? Okay. Your salary in the last 40 years has only gone from $22,000 to dollars It's only gone up 120 130%. College has gone up 1,200%. No. Before you cancel college yet, I'm for it. Let's cancel college tuition. A day after... We force these universities that are the big capitalists to decrease their tuition by 80%. Why don't we do that? Why I'm you, for it. Why don't you take away their tax exempt status? Yeah, why, why don't we do that? So why don't we take away their tax exempt? Why should they be If you want to take away their tax exempt, do that. Then the next day, I'm all in for canceling all the school debt. Agreed. I'm with that. I no, agree. no, 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 no. We can't do that. Because you don't want to hold 
the institutions that gave you that certificate that for 40 years you've been bragging about how big of a deal that piece of paper is. No, no. You have to say that because you're part of that gang. So, so for me, when we're talking about, well, like Levick just commented, right, an Armenian guy, and he says, uh, uh, he says, as an Armenian, we mourn on April 24 due to a government in 1908 that took away our guns from people, then killed one and a half million Armenians, 750,000 Assyrians, 500,000 Greeks. That's why we need firearms and lots of them. Levick, I'm saying to you, I want more people to be trained. I would love 100% of Americans to be trained on how to use guns who are not on medication, who are not dealing with mental health, who have a good background in the past that's been cleared up. I'm okay with them. But I don't want anybody off the street to be able to go by within five minutes. I don't want that. But that still doesn't solve the issue. To me, the issue is, like, you know, you know, like, we look up to people. And naturally, whoever you hang around you're going to pick up some of their habits. Very few people have a strong enough of a personality that they can be around a lot of bad people and still not do anything. Very few. I was around a lot of drugs. Never liked drugs. Never. I tried a few of them. I'm like, I just don't like them, right? But I was around it. My best friend died because he started off with cigarettes, then weed, alcohol, and he died on Vicodin, right? Okay. So one of our friends just committed suicide this week. Heartbreaking story. I got out of nowhere. Like a guy I've been doing business for 12 years. Merle and I are on the phones. Just emotional. Mario's in crying. Anyways, this guy took his life. He's got a daughter. What is he going through? So we need a leader that's giving the message of, listen, man, your mom and dad, you guys disagree with you when it comes down to politics. Your last name matters. Your heritage matters. Unite. One of my guys one time called me and he says, let me tell you what my sister's doing and let me tell you what my brother's doing. I said, listen, bro, hey, whatever your brother's doing, whatever your sister's doing, it's you only got one blood. Figure it out. Make it work. Unite. And disagree is fine, but figure out a way to make it work. You only got a couple sisters. I'm not telling you go hang out and buy into their philosophy, but it's your blood. Have some respect for your own family. Okay, got it. That makes sense. We're not giving messages like that. Messages isn't about va- Somebody from the top needs to re-inject the right morals, values, and principles that gets us to make better decisions. And we say, that is somebody I admire. Our hero-making machine today is the biggest problem, and it sucks. We're turning the wrong people into heroes. Patrick, as soon as that person comes out, the other side kills them. And and there's such a debate over it so quick. No no problem. It's no problem. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, but but you don't need to. Listen, I learned a long time ago. I learned a long time ago because... I lost one of the guys that, uh, you know, I looked up to a lot. And then there was a fallen out with this person. And I, this is in the early 2000s. And he went one side. I went one side. I'm like, oh, my God, without this person, I can never make it. Okay? Broke my heart. And this relationship was lost because, you know, he wanted me to do certain things I just didn't want to do. But I admired him a lot. Okay? This isn't a business deal that we're doing. I didn't want to do what he wanted to do with the business side. So I said, man, without him, I can never make it. That's the phase I went through. I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm like, there's no way I can make it without this guy. There's no way I can make it without this guy. There's no way I can make it without this guy. And then you get bigger, 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 bigger. You're like, yeah, my values didn't match up with him. You need the right people when you find them, lock them in, especially the people that believe in you and their strong value principles. But you don't need everybody. You need you don't need everybody to come. You, we don't need to convert everybody into living a better life. We just need more. One percent, if you convert that, one percent will impact uh, 80 percent. 
you need one person whose messaging inspires people. You don't need everybody's messaging to inspire. You only need one person that makes an argument. It didn't take 50 Matthew McConaughey's. It took one Matthew McConaughey where you're like, all right, you don't need a thousand people that are giving a message that makes sense. You need one person for a person to say, for thousands of to say, Jordan Peterson is one man. How many has he inspired? You, you got a lot of people that are like, you know what? He kind of makes sense. He got Look at you. How many people you think you, and you don't even know it, how many people you think you've indirectly encouraged to not go live that life? Well, I hear a lot of that on a daily basis, but, so yes. But not the people you hear. Forget yeah. about the people you hear. Right, you're right. How many that you don't hear? That's the real number. It's yeah. not the people that come up to us. It's the person that's in, you know, in Portugal that watches you. That you will never meet this man. Right. And he was about to take someone's life, and he was about to go in a different direction. All of a sudden, it's like, well, if Michael's going to say that, and he lived that life, and he says it's not worth it, I'm not going to do it. So, I don't think it's winning everyone over. We never will. We never have. But I think that 1% of inspiration of the leaders rising up to start talking about the right morals, values, and principles, I think we're going to see a turn. So, yeah, even though I did that social experiment, I went and got those guns. I'm like, yeah, that's still not going to do anything. Even to 5, five to 10% is going to be impacted. I think we need to go back to being better at developing leaders. I think we need to go back to talking about the right values and principles. I think we need to readjust who we turn into heroes. And I think if we do that, it's going to inspire the right amount of people. But it goes back to what we said or what I said earlier. There's got to be some catastrophic event. Because you know what you're describing? I guarantee Christians that are thinking, you're describing the Antichrist. <laughs> the guy that's going to come and is going to unite the world. Unfortunately, that's the wrong person that we want because it's, it's misleading, obviously. But that's the person you're describing. I think... Unless there is some kind of catastrophic event that really changes the mindset and said, this is not working. We're really going down the rabbit hole. We're going in a bad place. I don't know how you reverse it, Patrick. I don't, I don't, I don't, when I said you're starting backwards, you, you know, you're working backwards with, you know, these gun control things. I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a rational step to take. Because kids are irresponsible at 18 years old, even under the best of circumstances, most of the times they are. Raise the limit to 21. What do they need it at 18 for? Anyhow, I'm trying to think. What do you need it for? What are you going to do with it? Oh, just because I'm an American, that's my freedom? Well, you know what? We can raise the age limit. You can't drink until you're 21. You don't buy a gun until you're 21. I don't, and I think that, again, people say, okay, that's rational. We can do it. It makes sense. But there's more of an issue there. There's more of an issue. And to me, it all goes down. The root of the problem is the breakup of the family in this. People, kids just don't get the right training. You know, in this life, you know this, Patrick, better than anybody. And so we are who we are accountable to. Mm-hmm. When I was on the street, I was accountable to my oath. I was accountable to the, my, my boss. And I was a criminal as a result of that. That's my accountability. Mm. When I left that life, I became accountable to my, my God, my wife, my kids. Don't want to make a mistake, stay on the right path. So these young kids, they don't have accountability in the right place, and they're never going to get it. You know, I use Mike Tyson as a perfect example. This kid had more arrests than half the mob did before he was 12 years old until he meets Customato. And it was a life-changing experience for him. He never had anything. If you talk to him, Cus was like a god to him. Why? Because he gave him proper training that you're supposed to get in your house. They're not getting it. And, you know, it's, I don't see how you reverse this. 
I, I just don't see unless some kind of, and I don't know what that event is. I don't, I don't know what it could be. I yeah. don't have the solution, but something has got to happen to make people say, hey. Well, you just validated my point this. with Cuss. You just validated the point with Cuss. It took one person, Cuss. I'm not talking about the next Ronald Reagan we're waiting for, the next Billy Graham or Jesus. I'm talking about we need more Cusses. Yes. That's what I mean. We but where need- do they come? They, they're in the house. Where do, they, where do you find them? Well, no, what I'm saying to you is we need to turn them into heroes. The hero-making machine is the problem because we don't know them. Those stories need to be told. Like the teacher that plays a role of a father figure for a kid who was a nobody and the kid ends up becoming a great citizen. Where is that story? That's the story we need to tell. Not, hey, this kid's a transgender. Let's tell this. What do you talk like? What, what, who are you trying to inspire with that? What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing with that part? That's Keep it to yourself. If that's what you want to do, fine. We don't say, hey, here's this family. This is how they like to sexually please each other. This is the position they use. Keep it to yourself, whatever you want to do with that part. You don't need to bring that to my life. I know, but you, you see, you're, you're teaching your kids that that's the kind of person they have to look up to. Because you're teaching them that. They look up to you, and they look up to that person because you're showing them that. What about the kid in the house that has nobody to tell them, this is who you should be looking at? But, but I'm from a broken family. I'm coming from a divorced family. It was a, my dad was a 99 cents. My mom went back to Iran because he ran out of money. I had another man that I looked up to, Luther Al-Khasseh, that just passed away two years ago. And I, you know, my dad played a role of, hey, values, 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 values. He, he made me as a man, but I needed an inspiration for somebody to say, well, maybe one day I can be successful, even though I got no grades going for myself. I got nothing going for myself. I, I think. But how much of an impact did your dad have on you? 100%. Well, that's it. Yeah, 100%. That's it. 100%. Uh, uh, you know, no question about it. But even if we don't, we can have people that set the tone with what the right values and principles are to live by. I think this issue is more internal than it. Listen, the thing about taking it from 18 to 21, I'll put the math brain on. Listen, when did we decide that the guns are at 18 years old? Kai, what was the age that they decided on 18 years old? Let's what see. was the age? Well, when, did, when did they decide math has got to be 18 years old? Your age has got to be 18 years old. To every conservative uh, NRA card carrying member, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to bring the math hat on, okay? And think like an actuary. 1968, what was the life expectancy in 1968? 63. Okay, let's see here. 1968 life expectancy, okay? Uh, 1968 life expectancy is what? What is it? uh, 71? 73. Okay, uh, no, the previous was 70.2, 19. Okay, so 70.2. What's today's life expectancy? Okay, so 70.2 was then. Old. Life expectancy today is what? Go big, go a little 80, bit bigger? 78.7? Okay, 78.7 is today. What is that? Eight years? 1968, 18, eight years, 26. That's called math. So the 18 years old of 1968 is 26 years old today. That's what an actuary would do. We're living longer today. Mm-hmm. So when you're arguing about 18 years old, we're living a longer life anyways. So even 21, that means you have five additional years than you would have had in 1968. If a liberal sees what I just said, they can run with this, and a liberal economist can put this up and make the argument. Where people are gonna, That does kind of make sense. Do you understand what I just said right mm-hmm. there or no? I'm just doing a math side, logically. Like it or don't like it. Just logically, we can do that if we really don't want it to go that route. Anyway, yeah, but the strong argument against that is exactly what Adam said. Yeah. Then why should you be? Why should you not have to wait till twenty-one to drink? If you can hold a gun. Yeah. Okay. An assault weapon. Why should you have to wait till twenty-one to drink? I don't. I don't disagree with that part. I don't disagree with that part. I, I, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, for me, I want 
to find a long-term solution rather than another Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to put. Can you go to my Twitter, uh, Kai? We'll finish with this. If you can go to Twitter, just go to Twitter real quick. On Twitter and go to my last tweet, whatever it is. Just go to my last, go, go a little lower. That's, okay, that's us. Uh, go a little lower, a little lower, a little lower. Is that one right there? Okay, right. Uh, however, the one that Take says however, go a little lower. Go a little lower, Kai. Go above it. Okay, go above it because it's two tweets above it. Right. Okay, and make it zoom in a little bit. Okay, so check this out. So tracking inflation since January of 2021. January 2021, inflation was 1.4%. March 2021, two months later, 2.6. We gave the $1.9 trillion COVID relief. July 2021, six months later, 5.4. Dems proposed $3.9 trillion budget plan. November 2021, it goes from 1.4 to 6.8%. Uh, uh, Biden signs $1 trillion infrastructure package. March 2022, 7.9. April 2022, 8.3. May 2022, 8.6. Bad policies have consequences. Printing money has consequences. Here's my concern. What both sides of the aisle have done to delay the time bomb that the market is experiencing is behind us. There's nothing that can be done about the past to blame. However, here's the last part. When we officially go into recession the next few weeks, Let's not bring back quantitative easing to delay the pain for another 10 more years. Let the economy naturally rebuild itself. It'll be painful for those who constantly get bailed out, but it'll serve the next generation. My interest is permanent solutions. That's my interest. So when we're talking about what we're talking about with these gun laws, none of these are tempor- uh, permanent solutions. They're all permanent. They're all temporary. How much resistance is going to be uh, there not to you go into quantitative? Are you kidding me? To get reelected? They're going to do a two trillion. Exactly. When, when recession comes, they're going to do another $2 trillion. Exactly. And guess what people are going to vote for? To get another $2 trillion. Exactly. But we have to let some of these guys go out of business. Uh, uh, price needs to be paid. Unfortunately, we don't want any of it. We keep delaying the pain for the next generation. Anyways, uh, gang, If you enjoyed today's podcast, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and go buy the book. If you haven't yet, we're going to put the link below to the book. We got one last thing that I want to tell you guys about. Michael, you have a wine that just came out. Tell us about the wine. I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to sum it up. Noah's Ark, when it landed in Armenia and the flood subsided, the first vineyards on earth under the new civilization were uh, grown in Armenia at the foot of Mount Ararat transforming for the whole world, correct? My story is kind of transforming. So a Armenian uh, brother of yours, not brother, your brother of yours, approached me with this. And I got to tell you this, I love this young man. I have so much respect for him. He's 23 years old, but he's the exactly the young man that I'm talking about. Raised in a good home. His parents are wonderful. He's driven. You've been his one of his idols for the last 10 years. Also me. He, I didn't know when he was 10 years old, he was looking at us. Unbelievable. This is the way kids should be brought up because he is going to be a success. He came to me with this whole thing. Mr. Michael, he calls me. He said, you know, I want to brand this wine in your name. He told me the whole mm-hmm. story of Armenian. I said, Armenian, most wine comes out of, you know, Italy or France. But I love the story so much. And what he said, I said, I'm buying into this. Let's do it. And he's been the power behind this. Hasn't been me. Use the name. We're working together. But the wine is great. We got uh, five more varieties coming in. We're licensed. He did all the work. We're going to be all over the country and now all over the world. We're moving it to the United Kingdom and everywhere else. But it's a great product. People are liking it. 
And uh, I'm very happy. What like can said, people get it? What can people buy? They can get it online now. You can get direct to consumer. We're we're in almost all 50 states. It takes it's a process to get everywhere. And uh, again, we're going out, so we're going to be global at, at some point in time. But uh, online sales have been going very good. Um, we're, we're, we're approaching Costco. It looks like they're going to take it. Um, Cisco Foods is going to take it. We'll soon be in Ralph's supermarket uh, in L.A. Uh, people are really buying into it, and I'm uh, I'm very proud of the young man. You know what? Patrick, I like this young man so much. I'm, I'm, I want this to succeed more for him than I do even for the product. Yeah, What's the name of the wine exactly? Is Franzi Swine? Oh wow, Franzi Swine. Where like can people get it, Michael? Where right can people- now online at franziswine.com. Can you put that link the below? The link's already in there, Is and it? I put okay. it in the Francis chat, too. Yeah, right now we got three uh, three varieties, and we got five more coming in, and we put it all through the taste. People are loving it, and uh, I'm very I'm, – this might be the biggest thing that I ever do. How's that? Wine. Awesome. Wow. Yes. yes. Well, congratulations, Sam, and to you, Michael. Love the logo. I can't wait to try it. Uh, and uh, again, folks, if you're a wine drinker, go support the wine. We'll put the link below, but make sure you buy Mafia Democracy as well. Uh, I think Jedediah is about to go live if she hasn't already, right? She went live at 1 o'clock. She's going to be uh, on her channel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, she's blowing up. If you guys want to go We're check on her tomorrow. out, she'll are be we live. Are we, on, we are on tomorrow. Are we on tomorrow? Oh, Gadsad is tomorrow. Yep. Gadfather is here tomorrow. Yep. Fantastic. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, tomorrow as well. So, folks, have a great one. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Michael, once again, thank you for coming out, man. This was awesome. Thank you Take much. care, guys. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.